Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Be wearing any more clothes? Every day. 15 Yemen Road, Yemen. It's time for Sports Dudes Who Dig Friends, a Pop 6 podcast. How you doing? Say it ain't so. Well, maybe not say it ain't so, but we are coming down the home stretch here of the Friends version of the Pop 6. We've been doing this for about a month now. We've actually been pretty pleased with how many of you have gotten involved and, and sent us things and and. A lot of people listening to this and asking us questions and talking about this. And we told you we were going to have a really cool idea to kind of polish this thing off. And we are. And it's such a cool idea that we're not going to tell you about it yet. <laughs> You're going to have to wait until it's the end. a great end. idea. So this is season 10. We've already done one through three. We've done four through six. We've done seven through nine. And if you miss those, shame on you. But there is a podcast out there that you can find, Pop 6 with Jason Martin. You can subscribe. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. You can go back and listen to all of the episodes that we've done so far. At the end of this episode, I'll also tell you our next deep dive, which is going to begin in the coming weeks, and it's going to be a lot of fun to do that one as well. So Friends comes down the stretch with Season 10 and is not the number one show on television anymore. It is still relatively high. It averaged 22.8 million viewers in Season 10, finished as the fourth most watched show in the 2003-2004 television season. And the series finale did a 52.46. It was number one. No big surprise there, I'm sure. And was the fourth most watched series finale in television history, if you don't know that. Not a bad way to finish. No, it was not. And if I, I, I don't have this in front of me, but if I'm not mistaken... Within about a two-week span, Friends and Frasier both came to an end at the exact same time because I believe Frasier's ended on like a Wednesday night and then the following Thursday, not the next night, but like a week or two later, I think Friends finished its run. Can you can you imagine working in the offices of NBC and knowing that you're losing Friends and Frasier in the same season? I mean, Frasier was the most decorated from an award standpoint comedy ever on TV, I believe, or certainly right there at the top of the list. And Friends, I mean, these guys were making a mill an episode in seasons 9 and 10. Let's keep in mind that they started making 20 to 40 grand an episode in season 1. This thing went on for a while. And we talked about jumping the shark last week, Brad. And before we get into season 10, I will say this, and I think you agree, I like season 10 a lot. And going back and rewatching, I liked it even more this time around than I did originally. I think season 10 benefited from the idea that they knew they were wrapping things up and they could tell a lot of stories that, with the viewer in mind. You know, they wanted to tie up loose ends. They wanted to kind of end on a happy note. They wanted to give you little bits and pieces throughout the year. The, the, the season went very quickly. It was only 17 episodes long. 
And so in that respect, it went by very quickly, and it was well-written, it was well-acted, uh, and, and a great way for the series to kind of wrap. Yeah, and they had stuff to accomplish. But you're right about having an endpoint mattering, because I remember loving the final season of Lost more so than the two seasons that preceded it, because finally they had an end date. So all they had to do was write to that date or write backwards from that date. That is a benefit. There's a show called Chuck that never did very well on NBC from a ratings perspective, but was an excellent show created by the guys that were behind the OC. Just an awesome show, one of the most underrated shows I've ever seen on TV. First thing I ever wrote for Clay Travis at Outkick the Coverage was, you should watch Chuck, and I named it my 10th most favorite drama of all time, which I've since said, okay, that might have been a little high, but it was very good. From season three on, they thought they were going to get canceled every half season. NBC would never pick them up for a year. They'd pick them up for a half season run. So they constantly were writing to endpoints in season three, in season four, in season five. So you got the greatest fan service ever in TV because they wanted to make sure that they were going out on a high note. And then surprisingly enough, they went on, on they went out on what I thought was an incredibly low note and a sad note when the show finally came to a close. It's almost like they had done so much positive. They're like, well, we got to go somewhere else now. You go back and you, you mentioned Lost. They wanted the show. They wanted to get to that end point so badly. They went to ABC and they said, despite the show's success, we want you to end it. Yeah, Like, we want to name the final season so that we can start building toward it. And everybody involved understood, and so they built to season six, and season six just built and built and built to to the finale. I, I felt like that once they had established that season 10 was going to be the last one. And the producers weren't sure they wanted to do a season 10. Yeah, we had the Aniston thing where she was, she was, she was almost, about to do She's, a, she's the One. And that's right. A lot of things were coming down the pipe for her. And one, so once it was established that it was happening, it was uh, it was a steamroller, and I, I feel like they did the series justice by by putting together the final season and, and kind of approaching it the way they did. So before we get to the final season, a few a few things that I want to tie up. First off, I went and looked at a couple of articles. One of them from Cosmopolitan, which I read very frequently. I always thought you might. Yes, it was put out last January, and it talked about the eleven actors you did not know that were nearly cast in Friends. Oh wow! And this might be stuff you don't know. Okay, as well as some of these I did not know. Some of them I did from the Warren Littlefield article or book that i read a few years ago when did you say that this article was written this was last year oh my cosmo subscription, subscription ran out yeah it just yeah. ended yeah you can't let that wane man. Nah, i know I mean, you're not going to know what to do for spring fashion time to renew ross geller was almost eric mccormick who ended up playing will and will and grace okay that would have been interesting you can see it perhaps that would have been a lighter character yeah i think swimmer had a darkness that sounds the wrong way to put it but he had like a he had that Eeyore face. I told. Yeah. I said that's. I guess that's the way to describe it. Nancy McKeon, who of course was Joe in the Facts of Life, read for Courtney Cox's role of Monica Geller. How old would she have been? I wonder when the series started. I I have her pegged as being kind of an older version of Monica. Well, I mean, Joe in the Facts of Life was what, like seventeen, Perhaps. eighteen, somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't see. I don't have a good sense of. When the facts of life happened, I remember watching it. Right. But a lot of times, I remember watching it on USA when it wasn't live. Right. I do remember running. I do remember watching it sometimes on Saturdays. Jane Krakowski, who you may know from Thirty Rock and other things, was almost Rachel Green instead of Jennifer Aniston. That's troubling. I think you know. It's funny. I think of Jane Krakowski, and I think of her in um, Vacation. 
Yeah, me too. As a kid, yeah, cousin yeah. Eddie's daughter. The the Kool Aid is the right. most known thing I've ever seen Jane Krakowski do. Uh, she obviously she's gone on to do well for herself. Thirty yes. Rock and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but she joked in an interview in 2015 on the red carpet at the Emmys that she was so sad when her business manager did not call her back to tell her she got that role because she auditioned hard to get that Rachel role. So that was one. John Cryer was almost Matthew Perry's Chandler Bing character. Interesting. Um, I could see John Cryer kind of in the self-deprecating uh, humor kind of thing there, I guess. Not sure he fits a lot of the other boxes for Chandler Bing, but here's what John Cryer told James Corden. I was working in the UK and got a call from Marta Kaufman, executive producer, and she had a script called Six of One. She said, the part I want you for is named Chandler Bing. I had to audition the next morning with the casting director who was in the UK, so I went in, I did my best. She packaged up the tape of me doing my best Chandler Bing, sent it to L.A. It got stuck at customs, so it never actually reached Oh, wow. And then the bottom says, could that be any more annoying? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a what might have been kind of thing there. So my my girlfriend mentioned her celebrity crushes, and her list was awfully long. Oh, wow. Longer than I was hoping it was going to (laughs) be, as a matter of fact. And one of them was young Vince Vaughn. Okay. Like Swingers era Vince Vaughn. Right, sure. Vince was almost Joey Tribbiani. Interesting. I could see the, the Vince Vaughn from the Swingers era as as a Joey Tribbiani type. A uh, casting director told Huffington Post that when he auditioned to play Joey, he was handsome and tall and a good actor, just didn't fit like Matt LeBlanc did, and they had to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And I See, I think Vince could have pulled it off, but Joey to me might be the one that just seems like the most perfect casting of everybody because Matt LeBlanc could play that just bumbling idiot, but also a bumbling idiot you were pretty much consistently rooting for. Right. The lovable bumbling idiot. Yes. Number six, Hank Azaria, who, of course, did make the show. Now, that one I had heard. Was almost Joey Tribbiani That's right. also. That's right. And ended up being the science guy. We would have missed out on the science. David, the science guy, if uh, if that hadn't happened. David Crane revealed he initially wrote the role of Monica with, and thank goodness this didn't happen, Janine Garofalo in mind instead oh, no. of Courtney Cox. I can't stand Janine Garofalo. Well, I wouldn't say I can't stand her. No, but I, I, I would. <laughs> I, can't, I can't picture her uh, in that role at all. Wow. Darker and edgier and snarkier is how they looked at it. This is one you may not even think about. I would have to really remember what I remember him for, but Craig Bierko for Chandler. I'm not even familiar with Craig <sighs> Bierko. I sort of am. I'd have to look it up, but Courtney Cox was almost Rachel Green. I talked to, I mentioned that to you yep. before. Yep. Ended up getting the Monica role. Leia Remini also auditioned for Monica during that time. She did okay for herself when she fell backwards into King of Queens. That's right. <laughs> she was also, of course, Stacey Carosi. Talk about a deep dive that needs to be done. There's saved a, by the bells the on saved the list. Saved by the bell, yes. That might be... Uh, that's happening at some point. That's on the short list. And another one I'm so very thankful did not happen is Kathy Griffin as Phoebe. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't talk, know that I could have watched Friends if Kathy Griffin talk was Talk about it. people you don't like. Yeah, right. So there's a couple on that list that we dodged some bullets, and there are a few that would have been interesting. But the six that they got, obviously they did pretty well. Another article, this one from the Huffington Post a couple of years ago, five plot holes. Oh, no. From Friends. So we've found them. Well, we found a few of them, Okay, and we'll see how many of them that we got right originally. The ages of all the characters radically changed, which, of course, we did discuss 
Joey is actually the youngest in the group, despite the fact that they told that tried to tell that 30 story when Rachel was 33 at the time. And, you know, you, you do some things. Number two, Rachel could not have an old key to unlock Monica's apartment as the lock had been replaced, thus making an iconic moment impossible. The one with the late Thanksgiving, which happened in season 10, as a matter of oh, fact. Oh, wow. Okay. So that key would not have worked. The locks had been changed. Because remember, they they had to tear the door down. Correct. That's right. Carol was not Ross's first and only partner before Rachel. Who was? Let's see. Ross reluctantly tells Chandler and Joey that his now ex-wife Carol is the only woman he's ever slept with, maintains this story for the early seasons. In the season seven episode, the one with Rachel's assistant, Ross accuses Chandler of sleeping with the cleaning lady back in college. Chandler tells Ross that was actually him. Ross doesn't challenge this and simply says, whatever, dude, you kissed a guy. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. Number four. That's conveniently swept yes, under the rug, too. It sure is. Number four. I have to remember exactly how this one is. It says, Chandler already learned how to slip money. So there was an episode where he and Monica were trying to get a table, and right. he was really horribly bad. One with the holiday armadillo in season seven. Yes. And it says, Chandler asks how she knows what to do and asks if her... It asks if Richard had taught her how to do it. But in season two, the one where old Yeller dies, Chandler and Joey excitedly impersonate Monica's cool boyfriend by slipping money back and forth. That's true. So there's one. Number five. Small details, easily forgotten. Yes. Ross taking over ugly naked guy's apartment. That whole building was actually destroyed. So it wouldn't have been possible for him to have had that apartment. When was the building destroyed? The one where everybody finds out, season five, it's found out that Ugly Naked Guy is finally moving out. Ross is determined to take over the apartment, goes over to Ugly Naked Guy's place, strips down, and has mini muffins. The rest of the group watches into light. That's not a euphemism, by the way. No, it is not. <laughs> Maybe just a bit of a fun stretch, but if you look closely, the building outside the window completely changed as the series went on. At some point between the introduction of Ugly Naked Guy and this encounter, the building must have been demolished and rebuilt, like in real life. It seems unlikely that Ugly Naked Guy would gain another apartment in this new building, especially at the same downward angle from Monica's apartment. And then it talks about the architecture and the balcony on Monica's apartment varying in size and exterior shots that give away different fire escapes and okay, I think things that like that. I think so that we're getting into the weeds on That's those. A reach. We're trying real hard on those. And then this one I just think is funny. Chandler, Joey, and Ross are huge diehard fans. But they don't recognize Bruce Willis. <laughs> well, he's not Bruce Willis. Well, it's almost like they did that one intentionally. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that one's pretty funny. That's really good. So every week I we do these casts, and then I ask my girlfriend what um, what we got right, what we got wrong. And this time, she I didn't even have to ask. This time, she immediately had an answer. She just offered it up. Yeah, she's going to be a bigger part of this episode because I've got a story that I have to tell here in just a second. But she's like, I was really surprised and a little disappointed that you didn't cover the episode about Chandler's dad. Okay. In season seven, which ha which ends up happening pretty much right before the wedding. That's right. Monica and Chandler. That's right. And you've got you know Kathleen Turner. And, and, and Monica's insistent upon him inviting his dad to the wedding. He doesn't want to invite his dad to the wedding because, you know, just the complications and whatnot. They don't have a great relationship. That's sort of an interesting plot angle that it was a little serious at times. Sure. For what, I mean, friends would would tread on that territory with each character from from moment to moment. But that was the one that seemed like it would be more sitcom-y, and it kind of wasn't. It was almost more tragic 
And I think it explains some of the idiosyncrasies in Chandler's character. I, I, I would say we should we should refresh people's memories, but I, 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 I shudder to think people who have watched Friends don't remember the fact that that Chandler's dad was a drag queen yes. doing a, a show in Vegas. Yes, and it was Kathleen Turner, who's who's a fe- who's a female, sort of. <laughs> She became less female as the years went on. Her voice seemed to deepen as well. She has an odd accent yes. that seems to come from nowhere. Yes. Um, but but I believe a lot of the humor involved in the episode was the fact that, that Chandler's father, a drag queen, was being played by Kathleen Turner. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely was. Yeah, it was the joke within the joke. Yeah, but it, uh, it was interesting because it was another one of those spots where Chandler's real character began to come out one thing i noticed about season 10 was just how much he was my favorite character Mm, absolutely uh and then i can go back from season 10 and extrapolate he's probably my favorite character period because he had more heart than the other five combined in season 10 some of the some of the soliloquies that he had the one with anna ferris trying to convince hey let us do this. I know we lied to you, but my wife, I love her and she's the best and all these kinds of like that kind of deal. What she, what he said to Rachel during the goodbye episode before he did the fart noise because that's Chandler <laughs> and he did it twice. Like he couldn't, he couldn't yeah. stay away from it, yeah. but just the, talking about how sad that he was and all this. And even the way that he gets the phone call about the house and then he doesn't want them to know in the room, he wants to tell her privately so that they can celebrate and have the moment and, so he says, you know, we didn't get it, blah, blah, blah. They leave, and then he drops it on her. And he drops it on her in a very unchandler way where he's just like, it's a good thing we got it, though. And he's like, there's something about Matthew Perry's inflection in season 10. Usually when you get deeper into a series, everything goes mud, just way over the top. It has to because you've done everything and you've seen everything. Matthew Perry got more subdued. More genuine. It was more, yes, it was more genuine. It was more authentic. It was more mature adult. And even as Monica was still being all kinds of Monica, trying to run Phoebe's wedding and all of what she was doing, Chandler was becoming the adult of the six in front of our very eyes. And it turned out it was like he was the thing that was weaving and keeping everything together when it was falling apart, even to the extent of, when it was time for him and Joey to say goodbye and they had to break open the foosball table. Like his his jokes were still funny, but they were fewer and further between. And they were more like good game. Good game. <laughs> which I still absolutely love. Especially when Joey points out the one that he missed and he like pulls down and says good game good again. Game. And it just there was something about it. And you can date it back to the tragedies in his life and various things. Like I said, he was still very funny. But he was more the he was the character that I gravitated so much more towards in season ten than anybody else. I think a lot of that follows kind of a true redemption path for Matthew Perry, as you know, as, as season nine and season ten, you can go back and watch the footage and tell that he's living a much more clean life at that point. He, yeah, he's in much better shape, much better shape. He, he had dropped he, a lot of that weight. He he had dropped a lot of weight. He looks healthy. He looks happy. Um, and 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 so in in a lot of respects, I think Chandler kind of mirrored, you know, his the, the the actor playing the role. 
Yeah, no, I agree. So before before we do this, we had homework for everybody last we week. We did. We did. It was uh, dated back to an episode, and I'm trying to remember now which season it was in, but it was a Thanksgiving episode yep. where the uh, the characters were sitting around the, the, the living room there in Monica's apartment trying to recall all 50 states from memory. And uh, we, we talked about how easy or difficult it might be and how on its face it seems like it might be very easy. And it might not be nearly as easy. So in the episode, Ross comes up with, I believe it was 48. Yeah. And he, he he makes the deal that until he finishes all 50. No dinner. He will not eat Thanksgiving dinner. Right. And in the end, he still doesn't remember all of them because he puts a steak twice. So we had a couple of people send us photos and say, hey, I did it. And I guess we'll take your word for it. I mean, you easily could have just looked that up and put it on a sheet of paper and say, hey, look at me, I'm smart. Well, 3HL for Life tweeted at us, yep. said that he got the first 42 pretty quick, the next six was a little harder, and then he had to cheat to get the last two. Hmm. So we'll, we'll call it 48. We had Rhett Bryan, executive producer of Titans Radio, do That's it. Right. And he, he did already, he did respectable. He was kind of sitting around 45. He was around 45. Somewhere in that neighborhood. I told you last week that you were 49. I, I'd done it. I'd done 49, and I completely blanked on Vermont. Yes. I thought I had it. You, I had 50, and confident. I turned it in, and I was like, boom, baby. So, so Jason hands me the list. And, a lot, and it's alphabetized. Here's, here's 50. Or partially. Mostly alphabetized. And when you kind of ran out, then you – so I scan the list. I uh, I turn around, I hand it back to him, and I say, yeah, D.C.'s not a state. Uh, and see, I, my brain had already told me I won. <laughs> so there was just no hope at this point. I couldn't come back from here. And so I did not get Idaho. Idaho was the one that took me out and screw them and screw all potatoes. <laughs> you don't like potatoes screw anyway. Screw you, Boise. I wish Oklahoma had beaten you. Idaho hung you up. Yeah. And so I went and, and saw my my lady that night, and I was so excited about this because as smart as she is, I thought I could get her. You finally got one. I thought I had this, and so, so she makes dinner, and we eat dinner, and a couple times I'm just like, I can't wait to play this game with you. <laughs> all excited about it. We finish up. She's acting worried. She's not acting worried. She probably is a little She's concerned. Legit she thinks concerned. That I, she thinks that I have something here. <laughs> like, I'm going to take her down. And, like, so I, so she gets a sheet of paper. I say, all right, number to 50. She numbers to 50. She looks a little forlorn. And then I say, okay, there was an episode of Friends. Because she's like, is this Friends trivia? I said, no, no, but not it's exactly. Friends related. I said, there was an episode where Ross wasn't going to eat Thanksgiving dinner unless he was able to write down all 50 states. And as soon as I got the word states out of my mind, well, she's a beautiful woman, and she looks at me as beautifully as she ever has with the widest eyes and the largest smile I've ever seen. I hope that if I know her and, and she's in my life for the next 50 years, I can get her to do this again. <laughs> On one day in particular, I'm hoping I can get her to match this. But she, she goes... Do you want to time me? <laughs> and she's. I said, oh, no. Oh, 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 no. And so I said, yes, I do. I still like part of me thought that I should be confident. So I start the clock and she starts to write. And I see she's writing in alphabetical order and she doesn't skip Alaska like I did because I forgot that when I was doing the A's and had to go back through at the end and add it. And then I was then I saw her get Colorado, which I had left, too. Then all of a sudden I realized, well, she hasn't missed one yet, and she is, like, not breathing. Like, these are <laughs> these are just flowing like she's just writing a basic sentence or a song lyric. And 
then I'm just like, let's see if she misses the same one as me. It's like everything about us is clicking. Let's see if she misses that. No, nope. Idaho, there, there it is. is there it is. Just running right out like potatoes. All. So she gets to the end. She One of hers was out of alphabetical order, but she caught it like one after and went back and fixed it immediately. And she just finishes, and I look down, and it's four minutes. And she's done the whole thing. Ouch. And, and in the last 20 seconds where she's writing the last five, she looks up from the paper into my eyes, same smile on her face, <laughs> wide-eyed, just <laughs> dunking on me at this point. Just stealing your soul. Dude, this was, she stole my thunder. <laughs> this is the start of season seven. All of a sudden, my whole life flashed before my eyes because I recognized I'd just been had. You had. And so she said, do you know how I did it? I said, I don't know. You're a mutant. <laughs> I, have not, I have no idea how you did it. It's like we all learned in elementary school and middle school. There was a song with all this, with all the states in order, and then she sang it to me. And I just said, you know, I never heard that song. I heard a lot of songs. I knew all 66 books of the Bible growing up and right. all of these things. And she's like, I couldn't do that. I said, well, next time. <laughs> number one to 66 yeah, right number now. Number one to 66 right now. <laughs> I, can't have, I can't have this anymore. So apparently there was a song. Maybe it's because I'm 40 and they started teaching that song three years later because she's go. 36. There you go. And so she just dominated this contest yep. and took my soul in the process. And I, I really didn't know what to do with myself for the rest of the night. Like I kept telling her, I told her like an hour later, I said, I really can't believe how That's badly great. that went for me. That's great. And she just kind of stares at me. She's like, yeah, you thought you had me, didn't you? <laughs> I've been amused at all the stories that people have told us over the last few days about how they had the same idea. Oh, I've got, I'm going to nail this. And and uh, she dominated it. I talked to my younger sister. She listens to the podcast every week. After she finished the podcast, she sent me a text, and she said, I got all 50 in alphabetical order. Maybe and the I'm like, song was taught in Girl Scouts. I'm like, you're a school teacher. That doesn't count. Uh, yeah, that's – we're getting a little bit into – Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe they taught this in brownies or in Girl Scouts, <laughs> like maybe. between people buying Thin Mints and Samoas. <laughs> Let's do the state song again. Oh, really? Yes, one day. That's how you pass. The one day, time. your boyfriend might ask you to put down a list of fifty, and it's time to humiliate him. When you're sitting in front of Walmart selling Girl Scout cookies, that's how you pass the time. You sing the fifty state song. I mean, it's a good thing that I have a real affinity for her, because this was a harsh shot to she the dunked ego. on you, dude. It was, it was, yeah. it was, it was absolutely brutal. Posterized. It was brutal. So hopefully, you guys did that and had fun with it as well. If you haven't, still do it. And then have somebody that you think can't do it, do it. Because maybe we shouldn't assume things about people. Even though, Look, I thought she was going to get like 47, 48 and say, hey, look, I got 49. I couldn't do it either. We're going to have a laugh. That laugh was at my expense. Yeah. It went from being a bonding moment to... I mean, it was still a bonding moment, but yeah. it was very it was one-sided. humbling, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Definitely one-sided, yes. So, she just kind of pats you on the head and says, good job, little buddy. <laughs> Better yeah. luck next time. Yes, it was it was definitely unfortunate. <laughs> so season 10, we talked about how they knew where they were headed at this point. So all they really needed to do was pay off some fan service. And the way that I watched the season, it went in sort of a slope upwards in terms of the importance of that storyline perceived to the audience. They wanted to give you everything and that you knew what they were going to leave for last. And so... 
it starts out and you've got to get Charlie out of the way and you've got to get through this Joey Rachel thing, which turned out not to be nearly as irritating as it might have looked in the cliffhanger because they realized almost immediately they were just friends. They couldn't do this. This wasn't right. And it wasn't it wasn't even particularly awkward. And it wasn't like Ross and Joey hated each other throughout the whole year. It was the way you think it's going to be and how it is. Thank goodness they didn't go the other way. Because they could have made that really tedious. Oh, absolutely and bad. Yeah, and and it goes when you go back and look at it, and you think about how you know people watching from season nine to season ten having to wait an entire summer to pick that storyline up. It almost ended up as a cliffhanger for cliffhanger's sake, right? Because it, they were so eager, and part of that was you only had a, a seventeen uh, episode season, and knowing what you were trying to get to, you had to find the escape route on that pretty quickly. Yes. But they handled it well. I mean, this season starts in Barbados. It's the fallout from, from the, you know, the Charlie and Joey breakup. Charlie kisses uh, Ross. You know, both Rachel and, and Joey are kind of left wondering. And once that happens, they, they kind of act on their urge. It doesn't go any further than that. They then want to tell Ross about it to make sure they have his blessing. And then once they get his blessing, they just kind of realize, eh, we're just friends. Yeah. And that's what it needed to be. Which, by the way, the word friends is spoken in every episode. You know this, right? Every, like, from one through, every, like, every... No, I didn't know that, The word actually. friends is in every episode. Hmm. Yeah. You'll, and now that you watch it, you know, it'll be like... It'll be like watching a movie and knowing what the Wilhelm scream is. And so right. when you hear it, you're like, ah! Yeah, uh-huh. that's, yeah, now you'll watch friends, and every time you see an episode, you'll kind of, like, mark off on the sheet of paper, like, yep, that's where they say friends in this episode. And of course, you know we had we had Jennifer Coolidge, who I've never been a giant fan of Jennifer Coolidge. Just the characters she plays irritate me oh. on a pretty consistent basis. She's pretty clearly much very talented, but yeah. yeah, Two Bro Girls is probably the biggest example of just trash that yes. never needed to exist. It was so lowbrow, and her character is just like you've got to be kidding me. The You're great, better than this. The great thing about the Jennifer Coolidge episode, however, is that is the Ross Geller spray tan. Yes, you know. I got a 12 on the front and yeah. nothing on the back. Yeah. You don't count to Mississippi. There's no Mississippis when you count to five. Yeah. And that's the end of Joey and Rachel also. Yes. That same episode. That's basically where they test it out, and she keeps slapping him away every time he tries to make his move. Can't get his the clothing. Right. It's like all sorts of weird things going on that are that are obstacles keeping this from happening. Yeah. And so it's just like, okay, this is not meant to be. And then they just sort of move on. Um, Christina Applegate pops up a couple of episodes later and she actually, I told you last week, she won an Emmy for a guest starring appearance in previous roles, uh, on the show. And she kind of gets in and gets out because they have business to, to attend to. And that business surrounds the key characters. And one thing that starts to happen around episode six, and I watched just yesterday, six through the finale. Because I just kind of wanted to immerse myself the day before in this kind of final stretch of these episodes. And so the one that I began with was the paleontology grant with Greg Kinnear, which signals the end of Aisha Tyler. Because, again, we got to get some people out of here because this thing now needs to focus around these six people and not a bunch of other guest stars. There's just a couple of exceptions, one being the birth mother that has to be there. And Anna Faris is freaking fantastic on this show. Like, I love her character on this show. And, Perfectly cast. Oh, absolutely. Like, just, just beautifully cast. But generally speaking, 
you need to get down to business and you have 10 episodes, 11 episodes left to do that. And that's basically what happens. Well, and the thing that you start to notice after Charlie is written out, Aisha Tyler's character is written out, is that you start to see Ross and Rachel paired together almost in a married couple type. Swing set's one of the key examples of that. Yes. You you almost get for a half of a season what it would have been like for them to kind of be married with a child and the the, the dynamic of how that works. And you see them sort of happy too. Like and, they're and, not really at each other's throat. They're just sort of living like you would expect. And thus building to the final roadblock of the series. Right. That's exactly right. So I said basically it goes in sort of an a slope upwards. I'm not going to I'm not the math minor. So I'm not the math major, but you you know a what I'm saying. A graph, it's angle. going up, and so you're going through things in order of importance. And so you have to get Charlie out of there. You have to get rid of Rachel and Joey, which was just going to be kind of a little cliffhanger to get you to the final season. That's what it turned out to be. Then you need to start to worry about the birth mother, making sure that Monica and Chandler can get a child. And so they go through the episode where they go to Ohio. It's, it's Ohio, right? I believe it's Ohio. Did I get that state right? Yes, it is Ohio. It's not Idaho, so no, I get it right. You still remember Ohio. Yeah, I'll definitely It has it, an O in it. Yeah, no, it is definitely Ohio. Yeah. They go there and wrong file, and she's a reverend, and he's a doctor. And <laughs> they just sort of chant, this is, this is the moment to me where Chandler flips the switch for the remainder of the series where he will not let them lie. He will not let them not be honest with this person who's willing to give up her child, even if it costs them a child, knowing that a waiting list when it comes to adoption can take years. In many respects, for the rest of the series, Chandler is willing to do just about anything to accomplish all of their goals. The right way, though. The right way. In every in every instance, he well, is with, taking more of a moral path with perhaps than one, the past. Perhaps one exception. What am I forgetting? Well, it's it's when they go to to check out the house oh, the that's Janus, across the, the street, Janus. and they realize that Janice yes. and her husband are going to buy the house across the street. Right. And so he basically says to Janice, I'm very excited that you're going to be living across the street or next door or whatever it is, because then your husband and Monica don't have to know, and we can be together all the time. And right. he intentionally scares her off so that they don't move in next door. Yeah, and but, the, the kiss happens, and right. he's, he basically talks about how his balls went up for the final time. <laughs> they're never coming back now. Yeah, they're never coming back down now. <laughs> but, that, but I go back to the idea of for the rest of the season, he is willing to do whatever it takes. Sacrifice. Yes. Total sacrifice. To, to get the house, to yes. get the baby. To make his wife happy. Absolutely. To make his friends happy and on the way out the door. And it's the full, you know, because they buy the house with the Joey room and, yes. and all those things. It's it's the, you know, the full evolution, if you will, of Chandler Bing from the guy who wouldn't commit and was, you know, scared of having children and all those kinds of things. He's at a different place in his life and he's, and he's working toward all those goals. There's really only one direction character in season 10 and it's joey and joey kind of plays around with everybody else and he has fun episodes with everybody else like he he's gonna walk phoebe down the aisle so he begins to act like he's her father and has tough talks with mike hannigan and things of that sort and then ends up of course having to officiate the wedding because of course he does and chandler ends up having to play that role for him 
Um, Joey, he he has he like I said he has something with everybody. Of course, he has the goodbye stuff with Chandler and the the chicken, the duck, and having to go through the foosball table and the Joey room and Chandler playing the joke on him and saying, "Well, there was a little girl who used to live here. <laughs> that was thirty like, years yeah. ago." <laughs> right. And just playing around with him. The great Joey episode in season 10 is the one where Joey cannot speak French. That's tremendous. But it's on his resume that he is fluent in French. There's a lot of things on his resume, like yeah. drinking milk in 10 seconds, <laughs> which he right. then does at the end of the episode. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, but uh, Je m'appelle Claude is 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 forever stuck in my mind. Was Je m'appelle Claude. So yeah, Joey Joey had his moments, but Joey Joey didn't didn't necessarily move the ball down the court. He was the comic in the yeah. He was correct. sort of the we can do anything with him here because we got a lot of heavy material and a lot of stuff people are paying attention to. So they need to they need to laugh between this. So we're gonna put him on Pyramid. Yep. And we're gonna put him on this game show. And but, it's gonna be one of the things I remember most from that season just because of how well it was written. I actually have the script from that episode, which that's the Danny DeVito episode where he plays the stripper, yes. the one where the stripper cries. And, eh, you know, that was one of those where where you felt like, okay, this show's been on for a while, hasn't it? Because we're doing something like this, which seems so outlandish and over the top, even though DeVito's really funny. And it fits because it's Phoebe. Sure. That's the only reason why this actually works is because Phoebe can play it the way that she does. But just the idea of... Joey on Pyramid. Yeah, the just, subtopics of that episode are actually more entertaining. Yeah, very than, much so. Yeah. <laughs> the word is blueprint. If I'm building a house, <laughs> the plan isn't called a schmoo print. <laughs> <laughs> but you also get in in that you 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 get another flashback to when uh, Ross and Chandler, yes, and Rachel and Monica are in college, and you find out that Monica's first ever kiss turns out was Ross and there was a mystery man that she said you know came in and, and gave her a kiss and Ross says you know that he had kind of leaned down and, and kissed a girl that was under a pile of coats yes and it turns out that Monica was the pile of coats okay after you told me she was passed out in our room I went in there to make sure she was all right she was lying on my bed all buried in people's coats well I went to kiss her on the forehead but it was so dark I accidentally got her lips I started to pull away then I felt her start to kiss me back. It was only for a second, but it was amazing. And now, <laughs> now I find out that you kissed her first. Uh, wait, what bed did you say she was on? Mine. I'm pretty sure I put her on my bed. No, she was definitely on my bed. Why would I kiss a girl and then put her on your bed? Well, then who was on my bed? Oh, oh, oh. No, no, no. Yes. You were under the pile of coats. I was the pile of coats. You were my midnight mystery kisser. You were my first kiss with Rachel. You were my first kiss ever. What did I marry into? <laughs> End of episode. That's great. That was fantastic. Yeah. Also, Chandler's shirt. Like, I mean, he was wearing the jacket like he always does in his hair with the handlebars on it and everything else. But the shirt had a pixelated guitar on it. That's right. It looked like from like an 8-bit. Like Atari or something That's like that. For some reason. <laughs> Speaking of shirts, the season of Rachel getting clothes at Barney's for Ross and getting him the women's shirt accidentally. Yes. Like putting it in his bag and him wearing it on the date with the girl wearing the exact She's wearing same, the same shirt. sweater, yeah. 
and him making that comment repeatedly to Joey that Joey's jealous and that everybody's going to be turning their heads. And he comes back in afterwards. He's like, so turns out this was a girl's shirt. <laughs> Ross's tragedy <laughs> just continues. Never ending. Yes. So, there were, like I said, Joey was really the only directionless character. But you went through, like I said, you had to get Charlie out of the way. You had to get... You had to free people to be who they needed to be. Then you needed to get to Phoebe's wedding, which was important, but not as important as a couple of things that needed to happen after that. So Phoebe needed to get married. What did I tell you? Weddings never go without a hitch in sitcoms. So this one doesn't either, but it turns out to be better than it would have been had it taken place like in a traditional setting. Ends up outside, and there's not a ton of people there. Gregory Itson is there playing a, a guest starring role in that episode. Who, of course, you know is Charles Logan, President of the United States from 24, one of the most evil That's men right. ever on television. Every time I see him, <laughs> I want Jack Bauer to shoot him in the face. Yes. Um, great wedding. Uh, Chandler, like I said, ends up walking her down. She's cold as ice. Mike is Mike is a great character in so many respects. And going back through it, I recognize just how great a character he really was and how he really helped the, helped the show down the stretch because, I mean, Paul Rudd nailed that role. He is not one of the love interests that you hate. No, not at all. Not even He's going to be talked about again before the end of this episode, I believe. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a classic character when it's all said and done. Interestingly enough, that the wedding episode, and you, you perhaps explain it away because of the weather, mm-hmm. but... But Frank Sr. is not at the wedding. Her her adopter stepfather. That's right. He's in prison. Yep. They, they explain him away. They were going to get the furlough, couldn't do it for various reasons. Her mother, her birth mother that lives in Montauk, she doesn't come. Frank Jr. doesn't come. And interestingly, the, the mother's story is one that you would have thought she would have been there for the redemption. Absolutely. Because there was such an arc around her family the whole time through the series in the background. That, to me, felt like a little bit of a plot hole. Though, I think because of the, the snowstorm, you could almost explain it away that you know no, no, no one was actually able to come because they were all trapped in the city. And that's just kind of where it was. Yeah, well, one of the things that I said and I've said from the beginning... And when I made the comparison How I Met Your Mother, I said these two shows both did this well. They got the big things right. Right. So the Phoebe wedding is a good emotional moment. And there would be heavier emotional moments to come. But you get through the wedding, that is a big deal, and then there's bigger deals. So what happens after the wedding? Well, it's time for Rachel's job thing to start to sort of sift around. And we're getting closer to the birth of what's going to turn out to be twins, of course. And so that is happening. Also, it's time for Chandler and Monica to decide that raising a child in the city is just not ideal, that they want something else. And so here comes the realtor and the side storyline that Chandler's having an affair. And you get through that. And a lot of the things that are going for Monica and Chandler are dependent upon things, like the birth mother has to choose them. The owner of the house has to take the offer. So there's a whole lot of waiting. And again, Chandler is the one sort of carrying Monica through this because Monica's threatening to lose it over and over again. Chandler is the one that kind of keeps her calm through this. He plays the man, which he never really did at any point during the show until season 10 when all of a sudden, no, I'm going to take care of her. Like, this is this is my job. It's my responsibility. It's not spelled out, but it just rang so true to me watching it that that's the kind of guy that Monica's parents would have wanted her to marry somebody that would take care of her like that and take care of all the details and make sure that she was happy and make sure that 
she was included in all of the decision making. That's the other thing. You don't see them making unilateral decisions anymore. They are very much a unit. And it's time now for them not to be arguing back and forth and bickering. Now they're just Monica and Chandler who you want to root for. So that all happens. The job thing leads to, well, Rachel potentially leaving, which is a huge deal. If we may. Yeah. I want to back up a second. Sure. Because there's a great subplot in the episode where Chandler and Monica find their dream home. And when they find this home, and I, I didn't realize until the other day, Joey actually comes along. He's going to want to shoot holes in the in in the house. You know, the foundation's bad and all that. He doesn't want them to leave the city. Fungus. And, yeah, fungus. That's right. <laughs> great house. Hope you don't like fungus. <laughs> and he finds the, the young girl upstairs yeah. yes. who's played by Dakota Fanning. Yeah, that's incredible. Who's like eight, nine years old at the time. Yeah, she's not eight or nine anymore. No, she's, I mean, I guess probably 25, 26. At least. Yeah. So a uh, great subplot to that is Phoebe and, and Mike are now married. She needs to go to the Bureau of Name Changes or wherever you go, I guess, to to have her name changed. She does so. Craig Robinson is the is the clerk. He's, and he's just perfect DMV guy. Absolutely, Get out of my line. And so she discovers you can change your name to anything. It doesn't really matter. And so she changes her name to Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. And she didn't know what a banana hammock was. No. They have to tell her that afterwards. It's like, it's a Speedo. Right. And then finally, and that leads to, again, another great Paul Rudd. Yes. Where he's just like, okay. Because because his, his expectation was she was going to be Phoebe Buffay Hannigan. Yeah, if she was going to change it. If, if she was she, going to change it. He wasn't going to press on that. And there are some women that don't, yeah, and, that and for so, whatever reason, don't want to change her name. He says, so you're Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. Right. Okay, I'm going to change my name, too. I'm going to change my name to Crap Bag. It's awesome. It's just <laughs> so awesome. And the thing that makes Paul Rudd so good in this role is... Paul Rudd is not there for constant comic relief. No. Like, Paul Rudd is, at times... He's a straight man. Yeah, I mean, he is, at times, like, that crap bag deal, that's legit. He's uh, He is frustrated with yes. her that she would take her name so lightly. Not her, that she wouldn't take his, but that she wouldn't take hers so lightly. First name, crap. Last name, badge. <laughs> crap bag. And then they meet somebody. Aren't you going to introduce Aren't me? Aren't you going <laughs> to introduce me? Yes, this is, this is crap bag. <laughs> If you need to remember it, it's just like it's like a bag of crap. So yes. So and that's that's episode fourteen. That is the episode where Rachel meets with Brent Spiner. Yes. Who of course played Data on Star Trek The Next Generation, who is the head of Gucci or the person who's hiring from Gucci. Turns out worst job interview ever. Worst job interview ever. Gets fired from the job she has, doesn't get the job she wants because the restaurant that she's at, his table is right behind or right in front of her current boss who's at lunch at the same time. Mr. Zellner. Yes. So she loses her job at Ralph Lauren. She doesn't get the job at Gucci. This is also the episode where Ross gets tenure. That's right. And has the, what is it, uh, Israeli champagne. <laughs> where he said, I, I got tenure, I didn't win the lottery. <laughs> and you know how bad it tastes. They only showed one character. They showed Phoebe drink it. Wasn't it vanilla flavored? Just, yes, it was vanilla flavored. <laughs> I think that I think that was a Chandler line, but Phoebe t- Phoebe's the one you see take the sip, and you can tell this is horrible champagne. But of course, he's celebratory. Ross is celebratory, and then Rachel finally tells him there in Central Perk what happened on her day, and everybody else there already knew it. And as soon as he hears it, 
Ross completely forgets about everything that's happening in his own life. This is that moment where it's just like, okay, the self-centered Ross Geller that used to exist no longer exists. Ross would sometimes surprise you in a really positive way. One of the There's a flashback episode down the stretch because that happens in final seasons all the time. And the episode where Ross finds out about Monica and Chandler. And he's all mad and all this kind of stuff. And then Chandler says, hey, I'm in love with her. I love her. And then Monica says, it's true. And I'm so sorry that you had to hear it this way, but I love her too. And it, my best friend and my... Like, that's yeah. one of those moments where it's like, yeah, Ross is not an ass. No. He, at times, he could be really self-centered and not be able to take the mirror down that's in front of his face. But right there in that moment, he forgot about his tenure and forgot about all that kind of stuff and was just there for Rachel in a moment where, okay, if there was any doubt that these two people were not supposed to be together, right there, in my opinion, in a very subtle move, I immediately saw it again for the final time. Like, okay, please get this done. And, of course, we're just a few episodes from getting it done. That's right. And then in the process of cleaning out our office and, and stealing a desk chair, if I recall correctly, yep, they run into Mark. Yep. Oh, good old Mark. Yep. Who was the uh, the object of scorn for for Ross and uh, creation uh, the creator of much jealousy? Right, and it turns out Ross or rather Mark works at Louis Vuitton, and they've got an opening that Rachel might be perfect for. Yep, and they're all excited, and then she says the job's in Paris, and there's your obstacle. There roadblock. is the there is the final roadblock because here. I've been talking a lot in this episode about Chandler's sacrifice, and we have been talking about that here. Ross has to determine between what's best for her and what he wants. And very often in life, those two things can conflict. And there's a moment where he goes the selfish route, and then he tries to pull back on it. You know what's interesting? Just, Just came to me. Same thing as Phoebe and Mike giving money to the charity and then taking that money back for their wedding, and then giving it back to the charity, and then taking it back for the wedding. And then, of course, they have the hilarious exchanges that they have there. But it's, again, it's a moment of selfishness versus sacrifice that I think recurs if you really stop and think amongst a lot of the characters during this season at one point or another. But this is certainly Ross's biggest moment. Now, he sacrificed celebrating his tenure for her. This is a much different deal because this is the love of his life, whether he's wanted to admit that, or not, we've known it sure. since the pilot, basically. And it's the mother of his child on top of all that. And we have just spent much of this season watching these two together in one-on-one situations where we would want that life as well. And so right here, the obstacle isn't just for Ross. The obstacle is for the viewer. This is the hook. This is the way that you get to the finish line because you make everybody watching care about one thing. And then on top of that, it's about time for children, for Monica and Chandler. And they're about to move. So you've got everything that you need to get yourself to a good finale. You know that there are a lot of things that need to be paid off and you know that they're going to be paid off. I always talk about, I've talked about many times on every pop culture podcast I've ever done, and I've written about it, that the penultimate episode of a drama in particular is the one that's hardest to watch. It's the one where somebody's going to die. It's the one where the people you love are going to be put in the most conditions of peril because they have to make you as uneasy as humanly possible 
so that they can then redeem you in the finale and bring you home and make you feel good. So, so many bad things happen in these things. If you really think about the way that the penultimate episode of Friends ended, it ended with Rachel making a decision. She's, she's about to leave, basically, and going through the goodbye and that very tough conversation with Ross where she says goodbye to everybody but can't say it to him. Right. And in a final moment of selfishness, he doesn't realize she just can't because of how much he means to her. And then they sleep together. One final time, unfortunately, Mr. Geller, or uh, sorry, Mr. Green, wouldn't have probably approved of that because no. he has a heart attack there in that stretch as well. <laughs> and Ross is terrified to death of him. You know, it's funny. I view season, uh, episode 15 and episode 16 almost as the penultimate episode when you if you were to put them together. Uh, yeah. Because of the things that happen in those two episodes. One, Ross is working really hard in those episodes, in that first episode, to get Ralph Lauren to hire Rachel back. And he goes and he bonds with Mr. Zellner, who calls him Ron, and he tries to to, to bond over Zellner's son, who loves dinosaurs. And he says, what if you know he can come that's to the, the museum great, that's with so me good. after hours, no one will be just there, just the two of us, and, and he, he can, can touch, touch anything, anything he, he wants. wants. Yeah. Then he catches it five seconds later, and he's just like, you know, hearing it out loud, I know yeah. how that must have sounded. Let me start again. Yeah. I'm a paleontologist. Yes. You will be there. And he will be touching bones. bones. Fossils. Fossils. <laughs> Um, it, Ross goes into overtime to try to get Rachel her job at Ralph Lauren back. It, it ultimately works. They offer her her job back. Louis Vuitton then offers her more money. Yes. Ross has to go back, hat in hand, with another you know deal. What? You should give her a raise. And he no, does yeah. that by giving the dinosaur egg. It gives a dinosaur egg. The, the girls love it. Yeah. And so she takes the job, and then she describes... Rachel kind of sits down on the couch in that episode, not in the, the main house, but in Ross's place, and basically says, you know, I'm okay. I'm good. I've It's okay that I've already accomplished pretty much everything I could in this job. And, you know, Paris would be a lot of fun. Basically, she tells him what he needs to hear yep. to realize we can't do this. I can't let her do this. This is something that she deserves. She's gone from a waitress that sucked who had never known what real work was to the possibility to go do what she was born to do in the home of fashion, basically in Paris from a writer's standpoint for the finale to work and we'll get to the finale, but for the finale to work as it did, Ross needed to say to her, you need to take this job. Yes. It's and you what, knew it was coming. It's you what makes you happy. Absolutely. And I want you happy. He could not be selfish and us root for him the way we needed to root for him. She needed to make the choice of him over the job without him having clouded the issue by doing anything other than saying, I love you, please don't go. So also in that episode, Joey's agent Estelle dies. Yes. And that's sort of like, well, it's funny because Phoebe plays... Yes. Plays Estelle because to try and protect it. He's angry he, because there's a TV movie that he didn't, she didn't put him up for that he would right. have been perfect And it for. turns out she's dead. Yes. And he doesn't realize that she's dead because he doesn't read the newspaper. And, and that really, there was. it turns out there was only one other client that's, for Estelle. Dude, that's one of the funniest, just nothing jokes that I've ever seen <laughs> that he eats paper. Is he eats paper. And so he eats Joey's eulogy, <laughs> Where'd my eulogy at the funeral. Get? And then finally he's just kind of like, you know what? That's that's entertaining. 
So, but but Phoebe ends up making the phone calls, and and then once he finds out that she's that she's gone, he's already fired her. He he leaves her a message that he that he's firing her. Actually, he tells Phoebe, thinking that she's Estelle, that that he's firing her as his agent, and then he finds out that she's that she's died. Just in time for Phoebe to ring him again on the telephone and right. tell him, hey, no hard feelings. And he just thinks it's a ghost from and the other side, basically. Said, I was going to drop by and visit you. And he's, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> but uh, to me, the great joke in that is he hangs up the phone and he looks at the caller ID and he says, out of area, <laughs> I'll say. So uh, that Ghost was- appears a couple times for Joey in this because of the, the little girl joke that Chandler right. tells. And ghost being one of the things he thinks is white on pyramid (laughs) paper ghost is sort of his whole deal in in the final season of the show yes and then we we see the final appearance of janice in in episode 15 monica and chandler are buying the house across the street they do what so many people do before they close escrow on the on the house they're buying The, the house across the street's having an open house let's go check it out to make sure it's not better than the one that right. we're buying. And they run into the real estate agent who's played by Jane Lynch. Yes. She says there's another couple that's checking it out. The, the woman is here looking at it. I think they're going to buy it. And she comes downstairs, and we've run into Janice. And they're also happy that the house is not as nice as theirs. It's not. It's they're like, uh, oh, we're so glad we have the other yes. house. But now there's a really good chance that Janice is going to be their next-door neighbor. Yeah, and, of course, she's super excited about that and because she's a, she's never known – how they view her no and she's, it's she's oblivious to how obnoxious she obnoxious is. she is yes and so chandler then has to do the one thing that we talked about that wasn't necessarily the most adult thing to lie to her to give her every reason where okay i can't live here but but he didn't tell her he was moving to yemen this time no so. he was not moving to yemen but in this moment you also see an adult janice who says i have to be an adult and we can't take this house and she exits stage left she does not make this more complicated this is one scene to give you one more look at Maggie Wheeler because she's important to the show from the beginning. She's fantastic. So the writers are just like, okay, we've got to get Janice back in here. Let's give Chandler one more funny thing to do. I thought maybe Monica would catch them kissing or something to that effect, or maybe she would even know what was going on and be watching from another room and maybe have orchestrated the entire thing because Chandler had an affair with the real estate lady a few episodes before. That's right. He has, yes. he has some of the friends. But this, this to me was innocuous, and I liked it because it was a perfect way to get Janice out of there. Chandler had to do one final thing to to cut this cord for good, and you hear you also hear Janice say something I think is really important there, which is "I love my husband." That's right, and that to me is a big deal. It put a nice bow on Janice. It did. Yeah, I mean, and and, and you're to the point. I mean, you're at episode fifteen of seventeen. It's time to start putting some bows on things. And they did that nicely. The goodbye episode with Rachel is excellent. Very uh, well done. Very good. Even with the them punching Joey when they're trying to pack in the That's room. Right. Like it has a little bit of the friends thing he to it. He has the bubble wrap on his head and they're just waylaying on him as hard as they can. Let's put peanuts in his peanuts in his pants and kick him. <laughs> the end of the episode where Phoebe kicks him Phoebe in the junk. He's like, it, it didn't work. But you know, you've got the you know, Rachel's leaving, she's going to Paris. It kind of organically happens. She pulls, I believe it's Phoebe, to the side first yes. and just goes into her bedroom and, and just has a little heart-to-heart. You know, Phoebe she, gives her the DNA. That's right. She swabbed her mouth. And the so, great Jennifer Aniston line here and really well executed where she's just like, I'm going to throw that away. I'm going to throw this away. <laughs> but I'm so thankful for the gesture. Yes. 
And so she 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 has her time with everyone, and then she gets through, she gets through Phoebe, and she gets through Joey and Chandler and Monica, and she comes out and she says, "Well, goodbye, everybody. This has been great." And there stands Ross, who hasn't gotten a goodbye, and is really kind of left to ponder. Hey, why not? Yeah, I mean, am I everybody. not worth that to you? What's even better is Monica cries. And they do that whole where they you can't understand them because they're like girl cry talking, which yeah. is similar to the Jill Goodacre yes. deal where only Joey can understand That's right. what Chandler's trying to say. But when he walks out or when she walks out, they're like, oh, she took down Monica. And I'm the crier in the family because <laughs> you expected like Monica wouldn't just fall to pieces. But that's not how it happened. The other like low-key great moment is Joey's taking it really well. And then Rachel walks away, and Joey starts to climb to over to kill himself. Yeah, tries to jump off of the balcony. <laughs> so, obviously, she doesn't say goodbye to Ross because she can't, because there's too much history between them, and she just can't bear to even think about not seeing. And then, but she even she does give away when she says the thought of not seeing you every day. Yes, just breaks me. And until you have that feeling about someone, you don't really know what that is like. They're also parents of a child. Very much. They, they, I mean, in, in a lot of respects, you could say, well, she knows that this won't be the last time she sees Ross. She had said it when, when Louis Vuitton made her the offer that they were going to fly her back as often as she needed. They were going to fly him over as often as he needed. Uh, they were going to do everything that they could. So it really wasn't so much goodbye for the two of them, uh, but but certainly he took it to heart as for her to not say goodbye to him. It meant that maybe, you know, that, wasn't as important to her as, and, as yeah. it was to him. Ross did not have sex with her in her bedroom, like her childhood bedroom, because he felt like That's right. he would be taking advantage of her in yes. that moment, and she was upset about it the next day. And, of course, uh, Dr. Green hears him say, I'm never going to sleep with you again. And he's, yes. like, walking out of the room because that's just the way that life goes. That promise didn't last very long. No, it did not. And so, basically, the finale opens after they've done that. And Ross is all kind of excited about it, and that's when you find out this is the perfect way to say goodbye. And then Ross finds out, oh, no, she's actually going to leave. This was like the way that we needed to say goodbye to one another. And so then the viewer is bummed. There are two, there's kind of two stages to the finale of Friends. And when you're watching it live, you kind of recognize this. It's about the baby. Yes. And it's about Ross and Rachel in that order. And so they have to get there. So they throw one more twist in the finale, which is not just one child, but two. That's right. We only signed up for one. And like Chandler's <laughs> whole deal, and they, they get the boy and the girl, and that's enough, like pointing to her to her wound. Yes. These are the faces of two people who are in the loop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and it felt, you, you really felt for, for Chandler and Monica because they couldn't have their own children. Mm -hmm. And so once you find out that it's twins, the first is a boy, and you know before the second is delivered that, whoops, uh, you know that before the second is delivered that they're going to have a girl. They're going to have the, the complete set. And, oh, yeah. you know, that that uh, they've just completed themselves. And you think so. about it, now for sure they could not have lived in that apartment. No. Not with two kids, nope. not with what they needed to do. So the sideline of everything is – when they go to the hospital, there's boxes everywhere because they're already packing up. This is the end of the show. You know it's the end of the show. You can feel it just by the setting of everything. So they go to the hospital and detour. Surprisingly, I you know, I really thought that all of them would be together 
in the hospital at some point, but they didn't do that because they had so much else that needed to happen because of Rachel and Ross. Because, well, Ross needed to nearly die in Phoebe's cab right. on the way to the first wrong airport, then the right airport. There were things that needed to happen, and there were other things that were going on throughout the finale. But, I mean, generally you just get to the point where Ross knows he's in love with her and he's going to do whatever it takes Wants to tell her in Central Park, and Gunther steps in front of him and does it for him. <laughs> I don't know if this changes your plans. Right. But I love you. I love you, Rachel. I love you, too. Probably not in the same way. <laughs> and then Gunther walks away, and then Ross can't do it. So there's there were a lot of things happening in this episode. But of the short list of greatest things I've ever seen on TV, most memorable things I've ever seen on TV, things that... Every time I watch it, I rewind it and watch it more than once. And this is exactly what happened last night when I got to the finale again. When this moment happened, I watched till the end of the episode, and then I backtracked right to that again so I could see it again. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's, did, did she get, get off, off the, the plane? plane? Did she get off the plane? I got off the plane. The way that they shoot it, where you can't see her, you can't even see the shadow of her in the doorway. I looked behind to see if you could see. They find a way to where you cannot tell she is there until you hear Aniston's voice, and then boom. That is as beautifully executed a piece of fan service as you can do in a piece of fiction. It's perfect. I think it's arguably the best comedic series finale that's been put together. It's definitely on a short list. Arguably. Yes. You know, there there are a lot that you look back on and you say, eh, Seinfeld, eh, I don't Seinfeld I don't didn't nail it. it. Seinfeld tried too How hard. I Met Your Mother, eh, missed the mark. I think The Office did it right. The Office, office really got it right. The Office did a great job. This is on a short list yes. of, of series that ended yes. just the way you would hope that they would end. Actually, Frasier ended pretty well, too, with, yeah. with Niles and Daphne. Absolutely. And, and kind of came full circle on that show. And Cheers ended the way Cheers needed to end with... Bars closed. Bars closed. Sorry. And then the light going off. I think that's really good. Fresh Prince, we've mentioned that on this deal, just leaving the house there at the end. And Will has become a man. Carlton's become a man. Hillary has become, you know, an adult as well. Like everything closed properly and it didn't lose the sense of the heart that you wanted it to have from the beginning. But you're right. There are some shows that do not land the plane here. It's just flawless. Even from that moment, right after that, we get the one last Ross joke, which is, unless we're on a break. Yes. <laughs> and then you see Aniston, you see Rachel, like, emote, like, you've got to be kidding <laughs> yeah. me. Like, it's legit. Right. And then he, then he looks away, and I've done this so many times after, like, telling a stupid joke in front of a girl or something. I'll just look off to the right into space. It's like, don't joke now. Yeah, don't do it now. And I'll say it out loud. Yeah. And then, of course, they kiss, and that's good. But then the next scene, you see them saying goodbye to the apartment, it's basically. empty. Yeah, and they're talking about how weird it is. Rachel's got her arms around Ross from behind. You never see them until they leave and walk out for the final time. They're attached at the hip. Yeah. You don't see like a redemption. You don't see them come back and say, hey, we're back together. Like, no, that has happened. And now it's time for just this final moment where they say goodbye to the show and they all put their keys down, which is also really well executed because you don't realize, but of course they all have keys. Sure. They're all walking in. Remember the double date with Chandler and Monica and who was the other who was the other couple that was there? Oh, it was it was Mike and Phoebe. Yes. And the other t- everybody else walks in like it's nothing. Ross sits down trying to eat yeah. and and just kind of wrecks the fact that all of those things are happening. But and then they say let's go get a cup of coffee. 
And then Chandler has the final line, basically, where he's just like, where? Where? (laughs) And then that's it, and it ends on a perfect shot of the the hole in the door with the frame around it. Okay, I'm glad you say that, because that is my only misgiving Hmm. with the the way the, the final shot, in my mind, should have gone. And I'll tell you why. Because there's so much made of everyone putting their keys on the counter. There are six keys, one that represents each of them. You think it should have ended on the keys? I thought as the camera panned the room and passed the countertop where the keys are, that for, in, in my mind, to push on those six keys sitting there empty, you know, without an owner, representing all six of those characters, was the perfect mm. way to end. And it passed right over them to the frame on the, the peephole on the door, which is an iconic Friends people thing. on the door. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and extrapolate just just right now on the spot what that feels like to me if I'm trying to find a deeper meaning of it. It's looking out into the world from the apartment, and it's looking out at the future for all these people that we're not gonna see. Like that peephole is our final view out into these people's world where they all are walking to do who knows what. We're seeing two of them move. We're seeing two of them get together, and I say presumably. I'm going to go ahead and go with the they are going to stay together this time. Ross and Rachel are going to end up married. This thing's actually going to have the happy ending. This is not – we don't need to to go down the negative route because when she says, look, it's you and me, and you can just tell in that moment, it's like, yeah, it is. It should have always been, but yeah. we had 10 seasons we had to fill. <laughs> to me, it didn't – if it was going to pan to the peephole, to, to, to your point, it didn't linger on the peephole long enough or push and i'm getting into jargon now but it didn't it didn't push into the peephole nearly enough it could have it could have peeped in straight to the black and then put could, the credit right there have. but i always every t- every time i watch that episode there's that part of but your you're mind right i actually now that, that you say you it i think you're right you want it to stop on the six keys and do a slow push on the keys fade to black and it's over. I mean, that's that's our resolution. And they didn't do that, and that's the only issue I have with the finale. Yeah, I mean, I could try to parse it and say, look, it's a closed door finally, and that door opened so many times, and we know it's never going to open again. Ross is not going to take the apartment. Right. It was rent-controlled, and it was in their family. It was and Nana's. Ross just doesn't feel right about it, so he's not going to take it. So this place is actually going to be open. I'm surprised Joey didn't take it. I'm surprised that that did not become part of the story at the end of the day or maybe that even Chandler and Monica gave it to him somehow like found a way to do it as some part of a storyline there but and you know you could have in the finale you could have gone across the hall and shown Joey's apartment one final time uh one other just quick note that I remember from the finale is at the moment where Rachel gets off the plane and they're standing in front of that door in the background and we've seen it a million times but it's the only time that I ever really or I think we've seen it a million times. There is a painting on the wall. There's a framed portrait on the wall. And the only thing that you can see because their heads block the rest of it, it says questions and answers. And as I looked at it, I'm just like, this has been the question for 10 years. Here is the answer. (laughs) Wow. It's the last time that you see that in the background of the shot. I've never seen that written anywhere. It's just something that happened to stand out to me last night at one in the morning while I was watching the final. While they're in Ross's apartment? Yes. Like when they kiss... Right behind them in the shot is a framed deal. It's like a poster or whatever, and it says questions and answers. I've seen that poster a great deal. I've never noticed that. It makes me wonder if there was uh, 
anything intentional about the framing of that? I don't know, but I like to think that it is. There's like a giraffe in the photo. Right. Yeah. There's just, there's something about every bit of that final piece, even to the extent of, again, these six people love each other. It's not just the couples. Phoebe's reaction when Ross doesn't convince her. Right. And he turns around and says, I really thought she was going to stay. And Phoebe is just there for him. Like, no jokes, no nothing. Just hugs him, just pulls him in like, you mean the world to me, and I'm sorry. Think about how many important exchanges happened at the airport, like at the gate during the series. Yeah. Because you, you, had, you had Julie and Ross yes. returning from China. Yes. You had, um, you know, you had after the, the wedding, uh, well, you had... Emily, you had Rachel getting on an airplane to you, go over there. And, you had Rachel going to the airport to go over, and she didn't have her passport. Right. You had uh, Chandler going to Yemen yeah. <laughs> and buying the uh, imaginary plane ticket, but having to actually fly to Yemen. You know, it, there were there were a lot of uh, different moments where they ended up at an airport gate. Chandler uh, hiding Rachel's passport. Yes. And then saying, when did it... When did it become not fun that I've got this guy start like ripping over all, all the stuff that she's packed? So Friends comes to an end, like I said, with the fourth highest rated sitcom finale of all time and 52 blah, blah, blah million people watched that episode. I was a little sad to see it come to an end. I really was like because I've seen every episode countless times. But for this, for the sake of, of, of really doing the deep dive on this, I watched it start to finish from the beginning. And you build this new affinity for the characters and the actors and everything involved. I also think when you watch it at different ages, it hits like, you I mean, in When I ways. first watched sure. this thing, I was a much different human being. Absolutely. I was watching for different reasons. Yep. I was watching for the jokes, and I picked up on a lot of the dumb stuff. This time around, I'm just in a different place. Sure. mentally spiritually physically everything about me is different so maybe that's why i noticed chandler's maturity so much in the 10th season was able to relate so much to it because i'm like man that's who i kind of hope i'm becoming sure. right in front of my own like i'm hoping i'm blessed enough to become that guy the series ended in 2004 yes i got married in 2004 i got right. married two weeks after the series finale of friends so like the 20th of may 22nd mm. so you um It'll be 15 years this year. Better think of something good to do. Um, is but, that the wood? No, that's like three or four. I don't know what that is. Uh, but I remember watching the episode um, back then and thinking, you know, that Ross is only concerned with Rachel leaving is Rachel leaving. You fast forward, you know, I've got kids. I've been married for almost 15 years. And you see Rachel's getting ready to go to Paris and his daughter's involved. Like he's going to lose his kid, too. Yeah, And it, it really kind of makes you, you know, feel for him in a, in a way that, you know, when you watch it at a different point in your life, you may not even register how important that is. Yeah. And I mean, at some point you figure out what love actually is sure. as well. And I mean, that's finally hit me recently. And so I can see, I don't know what I would do if she was getting on an airplane to leave in that moment. And I knew how I felt and I knew all of the history. And of course the kid just makes sure. it that much that much more serious. It's interesting that Ross's other child doesn't really Yeah, Ben he, it, that just kind of fades away. Ben kind of fades away. A good chunk of that probably due to the age of the actor. I mean, yeah, I mean, but they never even really mention it. Nope. Like you don't even hear Ross telling stories no, in the apartment like once, about things that are happening with Ben. It's just like that Carol storyline just kinda once all of Emma, that just sort of goes away once yeah, Emma gets there. Yeah, that she's the new focus. Yeah, and I kinda like it. Like I kinda think Emma make 
Emma closes the circle a little it bit because the circle's a little bit too large sure. in season seven and eight. So now, because again, the whole the reason why I think ten works so good is because we kind of got rid of all the fluff because we needed to spend all the time we could with these six people and make sure that they all ended on the right note. Yeah, absolutely. And generally speaking, I think they did. I was again just sad to see it end. I think I may start it over all over again just with a less frantic pace. Yeah, it yeah. I mean the way we had to watch it isn't yeah. ideal. Well, it crunched it into four weeks. Yes. But you had to. And then when you start watching, you're like, oh well I can't skip this one. No. You know, you want to try to skip the indispensables. I talked about how if you cut out fifty to sixty percent of how I met your mother, and and this is something I'd long thought about doing, is going through and finding the essential episodes of a lot of different series and saying, Look, if you want to watch what's important about this show, the stuff that everybody cares about just watch this and you'll get the full timeline sure. and you'll know everything and you'll love this show and you won't have to worry about all the fluff. The fluff in Friends, 85 to 90% of it, I just enjoyed. Like I enjoyed going through the stupid stuff as well. But no question, season 10, season 9 was not great. Season wasn't 10, terrible. It wasn't terrible, but, but it, was, it was a step down. Yeah. Season 10 stepped back up. Yeah. Season 10 was a great, a great way to finish this show. So now we get to the thing that we have been talking about for about a month now. This is going to be fun. And I told you before we started this that the original Pop Culture Podcast that I hosted with a friend of mine, we did sort of, I don't know if it's ever been done before, we did it with a couple of different drama series. Never done it with a comedy before. But look, we work in sports radio. This is what we do. I know we're two sports dudes talking about friends. That's funny and all. And then we find out Brent Doherty's apparently a big Friends fan as well. Yes. Surprised he did not, like, ask to be a part of this. <laughs> we have another microphone in here. But so what we're going to do is Nashville is hosting the NFL draft in April. And this, I understand that is the case. Yes, yes, that is. It's going to be a big deal. Yes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be busy as well. We're going to do a Friends draft. And we're going to do 15 rounds. And we're going to flip a coin. And we're just going to... Pick teams of friends characters. And we had to do 15 rounds because we know the first three rounds. We don't know who we're going to end up with, but we know what those six characters are going to be. So we want to have to think outside the box here and come up with 12 sideline people. Or not sideline, but just secondary to the to the stars of the show. Fill out teams and then decide who ended up doing the best. And... We're not just going to pick them. We're going to pick them and then play Mel Kuyper and explain why we picked them <laughs> in some ways as well because we don't have John Gruden to say they're all great and we don't have Lewis Riddick and, all, and various people. We don't have Mike Dettelier. We don't have draft experts here. Like We're going to have to sort of explain it, and we'll help each other as well. If I pick somebody, I'm sure Brad will say, oh, good, because blah, 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 blah. Or maybe he won't because he's angry that I stole one of his. It could happen. So this is also 2019. Can we make trades? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can, right. we can have fun with this. All right. But um, this is 2019. And what that means is we don't have a coin because no one carries cash. <laughs> but right. technology got- provides us an online coin that we can just, you can flip a coin on Google. All I have to type in here on my laptop is coin flip online. And it will bring up a coin just on the main search page. And then you can just. Flip a coin. We should do this like they do the college football national championship where you have a coin and your face is on one side, my face is on the other, and whoever's face is flipped up. Can we make one of those? Do you think we have time for that? Yeah, I, I don't want to design okay. a coin probably right not. now. We probably, probably don't. Yeah, I, I like your idea better. 
All right, so we're going to do a virtual coin toss, and I'm going to let you call it. You're going to let me call it? I'll let you call it. I call heads. Okay. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's tails. Oh, no! Yeah, it's tails. That means I've got the first pick. That means that Jason Martin is on the clock. Welcome, fans, to the draft. We should... um, not taking Roberto Aguayo. We should have the chime, you know, that, that they play right before they walk out to the podium and, you know, make their picks and da 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 So this is tough. There it is. Because, yes, we, I actually did that in the 24 draft. We did this for 24 and lost of the two shows we did it. The best was still when my friend picked a cougar that ran after Kim. But, <laughs> and I mean a legitimate cougar, not a 60-year-old woman. Right. Um. All right, so this, the first six are going to be obvious unless one of us is really dumb. And if Ooh. one of us does not pick in the first six, one of the one of the six, I'm not sure that we can continue the draft. But maybe. I don't know. It depends on who you pick and why. I'm really interested since you have the first pick of where you go. It's really tough because I think my favorite character has changed because of season 10, and now I'm trying to figure out if I want to go with that mm. or not. You because only- I know who the star of the show is. 15 picks. Yes. Boy, this is tough. I'm really trying to choose in between two. God, I really, I want to run down the hall and like recruit somebody. We hand them an envelope and they say, "With the first pick in the first oh, yeah. draft, Jason Martin selects." And then should have grabbed David Reed. Yes, he'd have been perfect for this. He would have been great. All right, just this should not be hard in the first pick. Ooh, you are milking this. Choosing between Mayfield and Darnold right now. <laughs> um. I mean, I know who this show is about. You know, you don't actually have the clock that you have in the NFL draft. No. Yeah, you don't have 15 minutes. No, we're not going 15 minutes. I just want to make sure the listener's not getting to the point where they're thinking we're going to... No, it's not going to be belabored like that. Okay, good. It's a big one. Yeah, see, these six are harder, I think. It's important. It really is. And and I I think... I think... Depending on who you pick is going to to determine who you pick next. Maybe, yeah. Um... This is tougher than I thought you, it was. You wish I'd gotten the first pick. Kind of right? do because it would have made I, this so much easier. I kind of feel like I'm at a better, uh, I'm at an advantage here. All right, man, I loved him in season ten. You, I, mean, I loved him so much. I'm taking Ross. You're taking I'm Ross. Taking Ross. But I, I, mm, I didn't love him as much in season ten. But I mean, you obviously know what I'm thinking in my head right now. But I'll, I'll take Ross. Ross Geller, number one draft pick. Michael Jordan. No, he was number two. That's right, behind Sam Bowie. Yes. That's not Sam Bowie right there. No. No. Ross Geller is, a, is I mean, that's a that's a number one pick right there. I mean, it, the show was about him. We, we, we actually discovered that he had the most lines that's and right. the most storylines of, of any character. That's okay. Right. So I get a pick now. Hmm. Okay. Leaves a, a handful of interesting uh, directions that we could go. I could go one direction and really throw things off. Yeah, you could I could go I, with I, ugly naked guy. I could, <laughs> <laughs> I could almost force a trade from like the jump here. Oh, uh, yeah, you could. But I don't know that I want to. I think that when I watched this series, we talked about this in episode two, I believe, of this podcast. And that was who do you view as the main yes. characters and who kind of. Uh, who who brings you back every week? Right. And my answer at the beginning and my answer at the end 
is pick number two, Chandler Bing. Mm, that was the other one for me. That was the other comparison, mainly because of how he evolved and how that was my favorite storyline in the whole show. And, I mean, you get the trident joke. And Dennis any Cade. number of other jokes, even that's the right. whole like, where are your tools? Oh, they're in my they're in my bulldozer. Hey, that's Joe incidents with a C. <laughs> <laughs> All right, third pick. Now the question is, do mm. I complete the obvious? I don't know. Or do I go and just break something in half right now? This could get really interesting. It definitely could. I mean, there's two choices here, really. And this is sort of playing out the way I thought it would. You've got an advantage of more of central things happening around all the characters around one, and then one that really complements the character that I've already selected. This is true. So that's sort of the debate here. There are advantages and disadvantages to both. First pick was Ross Geller. Do I stay in that family? Chandler Bing came off the board at number two. I guess technically either way could be staying in the same family considering a marriage. This is true. Um, so remember I told you when we went through the important characters, I said I thought Ross and Monica might have been the two most important characters on the show. That you did. Because of Central, all of that kind of stuff. You know what? I will take Monica. Wow. And the reason and one of the main reasons why is not to throw a wrench in your plan, but because I get the apartment. That's I get okay. the number one setting in the show by taking Monica. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. Uh I, I honestly at this point I don't I don't even know that I should milk this because I think if you have Ross Geller and you have Monica Geller realistically, I don't think either one of us are taking Phoebe or, or Joey in the first four picks. That leaves Rachel Green. Yes. Rachel Green is picked number four. Yes. So now we have split up both couples wow. in the first two rounds of the draft. I'm, I'm actually sadder now than when I started this. Well, trades can still happen. Well, I guess that's true. So five and six. Should we, okay, so recap. Yes. Jason Martin's first two picks, Ross Geller, Monica Geller. Yes. My two picks, Chandler Bing. Rachel Green. Yes. We have broken up the couples. We've basically destroyed the whole like crux of the series. This is, in this the first is why you'll never do a reunion, people. Yeah, that's exactly right, because things like this can happen. This is true. So round three, it's one of two people. Oh, man. Is it just pure funny, or is it more storyline? Hmm. I'll go with oh, Phoebe. I'll go with Phoebe. with Phoebe. Okay. Phoebe Buffet Hannigan. Means I also get to drink coffee while I listen to her. Now, here's where we really shake it up, potentially. Yeah, if you don't go. Do you go one of the non-big six, as it were? Well, well done. Thank well you. done. At number six, is it possible yeah, that take there's... take Roberto Aguayo. Go ahead. Is, is it possible that there's someone else in the episode that you would value at number six higher than Matt LeBlanc's Joey Tribbiani? I mean... I just don't think you can. I, I don't. It's Joey. Joey's, don't Joey's, so Joey is pick six. No. I was I was so hoping you were going to make that mistake. Well, because you would have absolutely roasted me for it. Every, I everyone listening to this would have roasted you I'm for it. I'm really only playing devil's advocate. It's a no-brainer. you yes. got to take Joey yes. at number six. Absolutely. Before I, you send me hateful emails, I wouldn't even question it. 
All right, so I, I could make up, the argument that you'd pick Joey at number one overall. Uh, sure, yeah, you could make an argument for almost any of the six of them. Yes, depending on who you like the most. But, but once you went Ross, Ross, Monica, Phoebe for me, Chandler, Rachel, and Joey for me. All right, so the fourth pick now it gets interesting. Oh boy! And you know what? I just I'm going to go with the guy that's just totally been on my brain. Maybe this is see this is a problem with recency bias because I've just been watching this guy and I enjoyed it so much. I'm going to take Mike Hannigan. Okay. You've you've um so you've I've, actually completed a couple. I have. Phoebe and Mike Hannigan are a couple on my team. All right. All right. I could get down with that. Crap I bag. Crap on my bag. squad. Crap bag is in play. And Princess Consuela. Yes. Okay, so now now we're getting to the point where even if you wanted to look at Mike Hannigan and at the end of the series, call him a you know a, a semi main yeah, character, if yeah. you will. Now you could argue that no one remaining is a main character, right? Because no one else is going to stay in their lives that matters, other than like parents. So I'm going to pick from a different perspective. I'm going to pick now from a standpoint of perhaps not most essential to the storyline but someone who I feel was integral to the storytelling process. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I hope I don't regret this. I wonder if it's the same person I'm thinking of for my fifth pick. I'm going with Janice Littman, Goral no, McNehos. That's actually where I thought you might go. I'm going I, with Janice. There's no reason not to. She was there from the beginning. She was just important to Chandler's growth. She was constant comic relief. That that's not a bad pick at all. Not a bad pick at all. Pick number eight, Janice. All right. So I mean, a lot of these picks are going to be love interests. Let's be real. Like I mean, that's just kind of how this has got to play out. Okay. Um, and there's one that I think I can leave on the board that'll still be there later. Like I can take her as Bleedy Ray Wilson later on in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'll still be around. Don't slander Bleedy Ray in that way. And. Because I've got Monica, I think this plays really important into her storyline, and I will take Richard. Ooh. Wow. So this is like alternate dimension. Yes. What if, right? Yes. Because I, mean, I, I now have Chandler and Janice, and you now have Monica and Richard. Right. My goodness. Yes. Things are getting... Um, also on uh, my, my gal's celebrity crush list is Tom Selleck. Okay. Apparently, anybody that was on Friends, like we can never watch Friends. Tom Selleck's on a lot of people. Yeah, I get it. I get it. What better, Tom Selleck with mustache? Tom Selleck sans mustache. I have no idea. I think with mustache, probably. Yeah. Okay. The tenth pick. We're making thirty, so let's just call this the end of the first round. All right. Because I just did. All right. Apparently, I hit puberty for like third time in this. Yeah, well, podcast. it's okay. We're getting there. We'll recap the first round here momentarily. This is an interesting one. Yeah, now it's getting, now it gets much, because eventually you're going to have to start taking people that were in just a few episodes. You know, there's, there's a couple of characters that were early on in the series mm-hmm. that you feel like they were there longer than they were. Mm-hmm. And when you go back, you realize that they were almost entirely contained within the first season. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick one that might be considered a, a wee bit oddball. 
Is it a human? It's a human. Okay. Although, there's a couple different you give choices me, You give me a not. thought there. I, I'm going to go with Mr. Heckles. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that. I like Mr. Heckles. Mr. Heckles at number 10. Mr. Heckles, who also played the other Kramer. That's right. On Seinfeld. That's correct. He's had quite... Stole the raisins. He is quite the character actor. Yes. And that guy plays creepy yes. pretty well, oh, too. It's, it's, he his... just, it's just uncanny. We are 10 picks in. We are, we are through the first round of three. All right. Do I want to take Bleedy Ray here, or do I think... Well, let's recap everybody. Yeah, go ahead. If you just joined us, even though you downloaded yeah, that would be this really, podcast... that would be really odd. I know, but this is called a reset. Go ahead and take your finger and move back to the beginning. There's a lot of content yeah, behind hit, this. Hit the scrubber and go yes. back, just a touch. Jason Martin with the first overall pick in the Friends Draft selects Ross Geller, yes. number one, followed by my pick of Chandler Bing. Jason selects Monica Geller. I select Rachel Green. Jason selects Phoebe Buffet Hannigan. I select Joey Tribbiani, thus completing the original Big Six. Yes. Jason selects Mike Hannigan, so he completes the Phoebe Buffet relationship. Uh, I select Janice. Jason selects Richard, and I select Mr. Heckles mm-hmm. from upstairs. Mm-hmm. You owe me a cat. Yeah, that's Bob, right. Bob Buttons. That's right. <laughs> All right, so you're on the clock. Okay. Now now it really starts now to get... we're starting round two. Now I'm going to start like, hey, I really like this storyline. Okay. Kind of deals. Fair enough. And she would be on my celebrity crush list. Uh, and that's Paget Brewster. So I will go with Kathy. Kathy! Which was sort of... One of those storylines where you start to see a little bit more depth in Chandler and see the the care taken in the relationship with Joey and Chandler as well as friends. I like your pick of Kathy there. I am going to also pick a female, though for a different reason. This female does not complete a set so much as... Maybe she is out there if you wanted to kind of consider it a trio that you might later be able to pull together. So I'm going with Ursula Buffet. Mm. I, I can allow that. You have Phoebe. You have Mike. I now have Ursula. Yeah. I, I wondered if she would make it or not. Was she on your list? She was definitely like somebody that I had considered. I wasn't sure where necessarily she would I didn't know if she would come off the board or not I, w- I really wasn't sure about that I'm betting there's someone listening right now that says Ursula's not second round talent and you may yeah. be right yeah well you, I mean it's not like Mr. Heckles was in a ton of episodes he wasn't but he sticks with you in a way that that uh, perhaps other characters might have that, that stuck around longer and there's some people that that were on the show that were so annoying that I don't want to take them, even though they played important roles. This is going to be this is going to be controversial. Uh oh, you're already setting it up. I am going to take Emma. Wow, you just took the daughter of one of the picks that I have. Yes, of course it's the daughter of one of your picks as well. That character completely shifted a dynamic that was necessary to get us to that finale. Okay. 
all right, I can see that. And it kind of got rid of Carol, and we finally were able to move away from talking about that on the show at all. Like there was a, there was almost like the first several seasons that could still be in the background, and then finally it was like, okay, this is sort of the catalyst for okay, Rachel and Ross are now going to be tied together forever because of this. Even if they're not together, they're still together. So if you have your own series at this point, you, you've you've made uh, let's see here seven picks. Mm-hmm. You have Ross Geller, mm-hmm. Monica Geller, mm-hmm. Phoebe, mm-hmm. Mike, mm-hmm. Richard, mm-hmm. Kathy, yep, and Emma, yep. So you have the father of a child. You have Monica and Richard, who could kind of be a thing. Yep. You got Phoebe and Mike, who are married. Yep. And you've got Kathy, who's just kind of out there at this point. Mm-hmm. You almost need a compliment to, to Kathy. Yes. Okay. Well, let's see who I value in the 14 spot. Jill Goodacre. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, okay. So if I'm comparing the people that I have, I have Chandler, I have Rachel. Both of them at this point have no one. Right. I have Janice, so he could, yeah, you could partner her up. I have Mr. Heckles. He's probably not landing Rachel Green. (laughs) I mean, maybe. That'd be an interesting story. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Probably not. In in the sense, in the... the, Gary's still out there. (laughs) (laughs) In the uh, the effort of completing a couple. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna draft Joshua. All right. I like that. Rachel Green has um has a an interest in Tate in, Donovan in my in my friend's draft world. Tate Donovan, who was dating Jennifer Aniston at the time he was playing Joshua. That's, right. that's that's correct. Tate Donovan from Damages Fame and other shows, but Damages is the one that stands out. All right, we're one pick away from halfway. Also, those he. Uh, okay. Hmm. See, it gets more and more complex as it goes along. And then you have to start talking again. You have to start thinking about stuff that you enjoyed watching happen. Characters that you felt like really advanced things. And I've named a couple of people that were from the late seasons, and I don't think that that's going to become a trend. Yeah, I'm not sure that's been my approach either. I'm choosing between two right now. I'm not sure that my people are advancing things all that well. I'm going to take Erica. Because I just All love right. I love that character. Okay. And apparently I like kids because I've taken Emma and now I've taken the birth mother as well. Do you, re- just, do you recall what they named the twins? They named Erica. Yes. And oh man. What was the what was the boy's name? It was uh it was after Monica's father. Jack. Jack. That's right. Yeah. Jack and Erica. That's right. And she says, hey, that's my name. Yeah, that's the same thing Joey would have said. That, that, that's one thing Chandler said that I said before he even did. The first time I watched it, I'm like, man, it's a shame you guys didn't have more time to spend together. Yes. Joey and Erica could have definitely been a thing. I'm going to draft. In, in, in your, you mentioned that you, you seem to be kind of drawn to the children angle. I'm drafting Ben. Oh, nice. So you're going the old you're going older, I'm going newer. Yes. In terms of the story itself. Ben was important. And you love the first three seasons Very much more so. than everything else. Very much so. So yeah. That's that makes all the sense in the world. 
So recapping the first six picks of, of the second round, you select Kathy, the love mm-hmm. interest from Joey that Chandler falls madly in love with. Mm-hmm. I select Ursula, who is Phoebe's twin sister. You select Emma, Ross and Rachel's daughter. Right. I select Joshua, Rachel's love interest from Ralph Lauren. Well, she meets him there. You select Erica, who is the surrogate birth mother of the twins in the final episode. And I select Ben, who is Ross and Carol's son. Right. Ready for pick 17. Oh, boy. If you haven't checked out on us yet, we really appreciate you listening. No. Nobody's checking out on this. We're, we're building to something. We are building to something. It's like the Royal Rumble. It is, yeah. Who, is, who will be number 30? Yes. See, there's there's other characters that, that were in episodes, in a lot of episodes, but they're not necessarily characters that you liked. True. And so the question is, do I want more scenes and things that had to do with entire seasons, or do I like things that were kind of in and out, but more effective being in and out? Mm, boy. And then there's that one that was never shown on camera that was talked about all the time which would be a very out-of-the-box pick because it would just be for comic relief. I feel like it could become Mr. Irrelevant and could still be taken down the road. I'm so forlorn about something that doesn't have that much impact on my life. <laughs> this is what this podcast is about, folks. Caring too much. Um. So... I'm going to take Pete Becker. Wow. The billionaire. Who may be dead, according to you. I think he Died in the octagon. I think Kimbo Slice took him down. I basically, I took Monica, so I've got Pete, I've got Richard. I've got like all of her failures. You do. You've got quite, you've got quite the uh, selection there. Yes. So I passed on some bigger characters there to go with one that really wasn't in that many episodes. Yeah. And so, yeah, okay. All right. I'm with you. I don't dislike the pick. I think 17 picks in is a, is a pretty good place for Pete Becker. I think that in my own mind, I had an idea of trying to complete a group here that I simply don't have. Now I'm wondering if I can make a trade. Mm. <laughs> but I don't know what I would offer mm-hmm. because... We would have to be talking about trading the number one overall draft pick, and that takes some serious draft capital. Yeah. Or future drafts, like yes, pick two in the Save by the Bell draft. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we should go ahead and just draft that one yeah, today, no kidding. right? No kidding. Um, okay, so I, I, have, I have Chandler Bing. I have Rachel Green. I have Joey Tribbiani. What is Joey Tribbiani? An actor. I knew this was coming. I was I almost took her. Without a good agent. Yeah, absolutely. I vote for Estelle. Yep. That is that was where I think I was headed next. At number eighteen, with two picks remaining in the second round, I select Estelle. There is nothing Does nothing. She have a wrong last name? That. I don't know. She uh, last Leonard. Name. Ah, that's right. Hmm. We are eighteen picks into our thirty pick draft. Boy, oh boy, oh Jason boy. Martin on the clock. There are so many 
really good characters. Yes. So many of these characters are really, really well-defined, even though you may only meet them a couple of times. They were so well-written that you felt like you knew their backstory, even if they were just kind of a throwaway. Yes. That's what makes this hard. Yes. Hmm. Boy, I feel like there were over 400 some characters, folks. Like this is this is different. I'm not just picking a linebacker from Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, but here. you're gonna have to turn in your card yes. here pretty yes, soon. Yes, yes, yes. Let's see, we need 10 seconds here. I will take. I just had it in my in my head, and it left me. Oh no! So now I need to. Need to find it one more time. If you don't pick by the, can I like run up and make a pick while? If Just, you, I'm not the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, maybe a bit. Mm. Do I really want to do that though? That's the thing. I'm going to take. We have six picks left. That's that's frightening in its own right. Um. I'm gonna take. I'm just gonna take straight up for the sake of the joke. Okay, ugly naked guy. Damn it, ugly naked guy. The easiest bit in the history of any show, where you never had to show anything. All you had to do was put him in a window, couple one-liners, done. He was actually only played, and we could actually see him in two different shots, right, in the entire series, right. And, and, you know, he didn't last forever, but. Synonymous with friends. Yes. Ugly naked guy. Ugly naked guy got an ugly naked friend. Yes. And all those kinds of things. Yeah. Ugly naked guy, really well played. Crap. Bag. <laughs> yeah, can I draft alter egos? Yeah, right. Draft crap bag. Princess right. Ponsuela. I have pick number 20. Mm-hmm. The last pick of the second round. All right, so going back, I I have Ben, I have Estelle, I have Joshua, I have... Ursula, Mr. Heckles, Janice, Joey, Rachel. I've got my next one actually lined up this oh, time. Oh, wow. You're ready to strike. Unless you take it, which you might. So I've given Rachel a love interest. I've given Chandler a love interest. I've given Joey an, uh, I've given Joey a, an agent. Um... You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick Bonnie. All right. The bald-headed friend. I, look, I looked at it. I considered it. She's friends with, uh, with Phoebe. It means she might know Ursula. Yep. She was, um, she was voluntarily bald mm-hmm. until she came back and she had a lot of blonde hair and kind of got in the way of, of, of Rachel and Ross. I, I picked Bonnie. All right. I will take Frank Jr., Frank Jr. I'll take Giovanni Ribisi. Frank I mean, Jr. I've got Phoebe. A fun character. Yes. You've got Phoebe. You've got Mike. You have Frank Jr. I am going to... You can't take Smelly Cat. Is that because it's not a real thing? Yes. Or? Okay. Yes. Fair enough. I am going to take... 
There's so many great ones that I feel like I'm eliminated from because mm. I don't have Ross. So you're trying to tell your own show. You can also just base it on what happened on the show. I could. Like, I mean, we don't have to foresee it. Like, we've broken up these couples. Yeah. Like, we're just looking at characters from the stories and the importance level and, and all of those things. I suppose that's true. It's difficult to do. It's difficult to tell the same story by splitting the characters in half. This is this is valid. And and, and when you go back and, you know, you kind of watch the the first season, it's 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 mostly about the primary six, mm-hmm. the big six, if you will. Yes, which um, I can't believe we it took us four weeks of this for one of us to realize. Oh, there's six main characters. Yeah, worked out okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, I I think I'm going to pick Carol. All right. I'm going to pick Carol Willick. All right. I mean, certainly important. I already have been. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna select his mom. Okay. Carol Willick, number twenty two. Question Do you take pairs when they are basically always together? Don't do this to me. Yes, you can. I was gonna ask the same question. Cause I kind of feel like I need to take the Gellers. Oh, you're gonna take the Gellers. Yeah. I think I need to you're take You're gonna take Jack and Judy. Yes. I okay. think I need to take Elliot Gold and Christina Pickles. I do have Ross and Monica. If I'm looking at it from that perspective, yeah, okay, you you've you've really completed the the Geller family minus Ben. Yeah, oh, who cares about Ben? Well, they've basically yeah. voted him off the island anyway. Yeah. So there are a couple of other pairs that are also out there. There are, and I've just opened that floodgate. Yeah, for you. you've you've opened that, and I'm I'm now I'm now I'm concerned. Like I think I picked some early on that I probably could have sat on. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really, really, really kind of concerned that um, I might move too quickly on this, not get the one that I actually need or want. It's a run on like defensive linemen. It right really now. is. It's basic. It's exactly what's happened. It's exactly what's happened. Okay. Pick number Let's see. With pick number 24. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Marcel. I wondered I, if I'm, that would happen. I'm going to take Marcel. You didn't even like those episodes. I was not a huge fan of the Marcel episodes, but when I think back on what is Friends and I think about the things that are important, he clearly, clearly is a big part of so, Marcel. Yeah. I mean, he needed to go off the board. Yes. I'm trying to think if I want to go with another pair. Oh, you're killing me. Or not. Hmm. It's either a pair or it's character that didn't talk very much but was very noticeable that are the two things on my mind right now okay i'm gonna take gunther it's a good pick he was in almost every episode of the show it's a good pick didn't talk much but when he did it usually had some kind of meaning yes and i also get the coffee shop are you kidding me? 
I've got the coffee shop and the apartment. We should have made them their own pick. <laughs> oh, yeah, the settings of the show. Yeah, we can do that. Malibu Sands Beach Club. All right. <laughs> All right. I have a question. This, this is going to require a, a, a vote. All right. There are alternate versions of some characters in this show. Okay. That you could perhaps say are worthy of their own character. Okay. Let's say I don't own that character, but mm-hmm. I am interested in the alternate version of said character. Will you allow it? trying to think what you're thinking of so i can cut you off of the past well it's yeah i'll allow it okay i think it's clever that you've come up with this so i want fat monica okay very very well done thank you that's kind of where i thought you were so you get the pile of coats <laughs> okay good so i don't get you know present day monica but but i get but i get that's interesting. That means her I words. don't get Fat Monica. That's, her words, mm, Fat Monica. Mm. I may have made a very bad error in judgment allowing that. <laughs> it's very possible that I got that incorrect. But that's, mm. I mean, I opened it right up. You kind of did. I mean, I allowed pairs. Yeah, no, that's true. Um. tempted to go with one that they that we talked about last week that they like never showed or they never show when the reruns on Nick at night because I've got Ross I could take Mona here I think that's what I'll do you going I'm with Mona? Take Mona I'm gonna give her some love since Nick at night doesn't fair enough it's kind of like the last hurrah for Ross before Rachel before kind of going back he just kind of played around after that for a while okay so I'm not going to pick the next one out of my mouth, though I really, really kind of want to. Okay. But really, more than anything, I just kind of want to to say it aloud before I okay. before I pivot, if you will. Uh, yeah, no, that was that was a little much. Yeah. But before I pivot and select. Someone else. Okay. Um, I don't think that anyone will select this person. Um, but but I, I do want to speak the name out loud. That's Elizabeth Hornswoggle. Uh, okay. I'm not picking her. Yes. Um, what I am going to do, however, is I am going to pick another Elizabeth. I'm going to pick Lizzie Stevens, the college student that Ross dated who was the daughter of Bruce Willis's character, Paul Stevens. Ah, uh, yes. The plot line of Die Hard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the intentional plot hole. That's right. So that means we're down to the last two picks. So each, or is this the final round? This is it. Mm. Should, should we bring everybody up to speed? Yep, let's all right. do it. All right, I'm going to give you all Jason Martin picks first. And uh, we're we're obviously going back and forth here. So we we go Ross Geller, Monica Geller, Phoebe Buffay, Mike Hannigan, Richard, Kathy, Emma, Erica, Pete Becker, Ugly Naked Guy, yes. Frank Jr., Jack and Judy Geller, Gunther, and Mona. Gunther might be Tom Brady in this draft. 
<laughs> he might very well be going that long. Yes. I'm surprised Gunther lasted as long as he did. Yes. I, it, for whatever reason, he fell off my radar. And then yours? My picks are as follows. Chandler Bing, Rachel Green, Joey Tribbiani, Janice, Mr. Heckles, Ursula Buffet, Joshua, Ben Geller, Estelle, Bonnie, the bald-headed friend. Yes. Carol Willick. Mm-hmm. Marcel the monkey. Mm-hmm. Fat Monica. Mm-hmm. And Lizzie Stevens. It's so funny that there are some of the bigger characters in terms of love interests that are still on the board that I just don't want to take out a principal. <laughs> Give me an example. Emily. Yeah, I don't want to take Emily. I don't like Emily. Paolo. Julie. Yeah, those are the three. Yeah. Like, they're huge. Can't and I'm just them. like, I don't want that on my team. Nope. No good. They might get signed as an undrafted free agent just to round out the roster later. So I'm taking a pair. They're not getting drafted. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. I've already gone with some of the easy jokes on this show. Yeah. And I think I get credit for both a past version and a present version of this pair. Oh. Chicken the duck in my final pick. You took my last pick. (laughs) It's on the piece of paper. (laughs) The two final picks I had on the paper were ugly naked guy (laughs) or the chicken the duck. Crap. Bag. Thank you. Dang it. Chicken the duck. Foosball table. Boat. You're killing me. And that was during a major creative dry spell. If you go back and read, they didn't know what to do, so they came up with the chicken the duck, and chicken the duck were some of the better performers on that show. Crap. Bag. I'm so, so... I'm, I'm apoplectic at this point. Well done. I like it. Good grief. Yes. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You will get the horns. Oh, I just got the horns right in the rump. Um, there's not a good pick to finish on now. Eh, there's I, a couple of decent ones out I, there. No, all of my junk picks early are going to come back and bite me because Mr. Heckles would be a great walk-off. He's already on the board. He's worthless. There's still another pair out there. Yeah. Not saying you should go there, but. I'm not even sure at this point who the other pair is. I could, okay, I could get fancy, right? And I could go three for one and I could just say Phoebe's triplets. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. We can kind of openly talk about this now. Oh, man. Don't have to worry about. Oh, gosh, I totally forgot about another character I should have taken earlier. If you don't take it, I'm going to immediately say (sighs) this is who I should have taken. Compensatory pick. (laughs) You know what I'm going to do? Gosh, there's really nothing better than the chicken and the duck. I'm very happy that I did that to you. Yeah. Very exciting. I'm going to go with Chandler's dad, Mr. Bing. Well, you get both of them. That's the pair I was talking about. Oh, you get you get both of them. You get both you versions. Get Morgan of, Fairchild and Catherine. Oh, you Turner. get. Oh, get, I get Chandler's parents. Yes. Okay, then Chandler's parents. It is. That's what I thought you should have gone with. Okay, well, I was just focused on the dad, but I, I, I will accept Chandler's parents a two-for-one, which I think evens things out because you took Jack and Judy earlier. No, you still have more, one more than I do because you took the chick and the duck. Yes. Right out from under my pretty little hands here. I just... Crap. 
I wondered how long I could let it go. I know. Before I needed to pull that trigger. I thought about it at pick 26 when I took Fat Monica. Well, I mean, that's that's tough because I, I would have... I would hope I would have gotten Fat Monica with Monica, but then I allowed that, and that's a that's a tough call. There's really not another like alternate version of another character that uh, I would have stepped up to bat for there. No, but, I agree with but you. But Fat Monica had its own story and its own general feelings, so I, I I thought that that one made sense. Yes. All right, so let's recap in order. Back and forth, starting with pick number one is Jason Martin. So these are alternating picks. Ross Geller at number one. Chandler Bing at number two. Number three pick, Monica Geller. Number four, Rachel Green. Number five, Phoebe Buffay. Number six, Joey Tribbiani, thus completing the big six of friends. Follow before, that. Wait a second. Before you go on, yes. my compensatory pick that I just totally forgot about. Hang on. Hold on to that. All we're, right. We're going to give that to you. All right. I'm going to give you an extra pick. I'm going to give you a 31. All right. Mike Hannigan at number seven, Janice at number eight, Richard at number nine, Mr. Heckles number 10. Second round begins with Jason's pick of Kathy, followed by my pick of Ursula Buffet, then Emma, Joshua, Erica, Ben Geller, Pete Becker, Estelle, Ugly Naked Guy, and Bonnie. And the third round, beginning with Jason's pick of Frank Jr., my pick of Carol Willick. Then Jason gets Jack and Judy Geller. I get Marcel. He gets Gunther. I get Fat Monica. He gets Mona. I get Lizzie Stevens. And hopefully her dad. Mm. You get the chick and the duck. And I get Chandler's parents. Compensatory pick. You can do compensatory or you can do it this way. If there's one you want to change, if there's somebody else out there you wish you had taken, you can replace one and knock one off the list. There may not be. I'll let you just go compensatory. All right. My compensatory pick would have been Eddie. Oh, the, yeah, the guy that, yeah. Adam Goldberg. It's a great character. Totally forgot. Like, that was such a great performance. It was so cringeworthy to watch, but it was just super effective. And it was just kind of, it was just one of those early, I mean, that was what, season two? Yeah. Really early on. But I just totally overlooked him in the process of like eliminating some of the bigger love interests and tag ends up staying on the board, even though neither one of us really had any problem with his character at nope. any point in time. Charlie stayed on the board. She just kind of had to exist to create time and to cause problems at she Barbados. Did. And then there were a lot of guest stars that we didn't pick. Eddie's the uh, the only one that, that I really wish that I could have taken in the, in the 15 rounds. If I've got to even it out. And I'd like to just well, be sure. And I'd like to just be obscure. Sure, I'll go Paul the wine guy. Yes, Paul was. But the other pick would have been the thumb in the can of soda. But uh, I, yeah. That would have been. Yeah, I didn't really think that was a character so much as just. I a, mean, could I take an alternate version of Joey with the turkey on his head? <laughs> <laughs> it's Joey. So four weeks of friends talk. And there's still so much that we could have done. But this is more what I want to do with this show. And this is what we're going to continue to do with this show. Saved by the Bell came into my mind as we were doing it. That's going to be coming down the pipe real soon because there's so much to do there. Uh, and we're going to do dramas. I want to do Lost, like in real detail. But that's going to, yeah, and Brad's going to be a part of that. And that's going to take some time because we're going to need to actually go through it for a couple months before we ever even start sitting down 
to do it. I want to rewatch that show. I want anyway. a reason. I want a reason to rewatch Lost. Absolutely. But where we're headed next, and then we will kind of button this up, is we're going to talk about The Office, the U.S. version of The Office. Rhett Bryan, huge fan of The Office. He'll be joining me. David Reed, gigantic fan of The Office. His wife actually might make a cameo. She's a huge fan of The Office as well. There are a lot of people in this building that are open office enthusiasts. So we are going to head to Scranton for the next deep dive here on the Pop 6 and we start with one of the most beloved sitcoms of all time, still one of the highest-rated shows overseas in Great Britain and in Europe, and it still does unbelievable numbers over there. Still making $20 million a year for each of the main six characters of yep, the show. That's just the mailbox royalties. money. Yes, it's ridiculous. All of them, all six of them, Brad, have gone on to have good careers. They have. David Schwimmer ended up doing some good directing work, which started, of course, in Friends. He also did Band of Brothers. Phoebe, uh, uh, she went on, Lisa Kudrow went on to do the comeback on HBO, which is one of the more critically acclaimed shows of the century, really. Very similar to Curb Your Enthusiasm in many respects. Matt LeBlanc's done really well for himself. He's the one that did the spinoff, didn't necessarily take, but he fell into episodes on Showtime, was nominated for Emmys for that performance, which is basically playing Matt LeBlanc post-Friends. And another really good deal. Matthew Perry did a couple of different attempts. One where he was on a show where he was pretending to be a version of Tony Kornheiser. And another where he was called Mr. Sunshine at kind of a school. And I enjoyed that show. Neither one of them were able to make it. He also did a few movies. We know what Jennifer Aniston has done. She's done movies that have gotten her nominated for basically every award in the book. And her personal life has been out there forever. Like, when is Jennifer Aniston finally going to find the right guy? Because <laughs> she went through so many different ones. Courtney Cox changed her face. Changed it back. Changed it back. But all six of these characters and all six of these people that don't need to work again or anybody in their family for the rest of their lives because of this show continue to work. And really, other than Perry, none of them are really ever in trouble. Like, you never really hear anything negative about them. They're just kind of going through life. And Matthew Perry has been more and more open about some of the struggles that he went through. But this show encapsulates everything that should be right about a sitcom. The one thing that you mentioned last week that I was acutely aware of was how sexualized it did become down the stretch and how if you want to watch it with your family, maybe not the best show to watch with your family. But one of, without question, the greatest sitcoms of all time. When I made my list of the top 10 for OutKick and wrote those long pieces, and I'll tweet out the article that I wrote about Friends. Friends was number three on my list with only Parks and Recreation and Seinfeld ahead of it, which will be two shows we'll do deep dives on in the future. But we've done you know two hours and five minutes today to finish it up. We're going to do a draft to end all of these, and they're going to be a lot of fun. But it's just been a blast, Brad, to talk about this and to go back through as much of this show because we knew when we had to go back and watch it, we weren't watching something we didn't want to see again. Like no. we, we, we were just fine going back into this world. Yeah, th this show for me has a lot of memories, and, uh, and, and they're all good memories. And I look back, and I mean memories like from times in your life and you know people that you watched it with and all those kinds of things. So it's got a special place in my heart. I will always love it. And uh, really just uh, thankful that you wanted me to be a part of it and really enjoyed it, and I'm sad it's over. <laughs> well. The show had to come to an end in 10 seasons. Our deep dive comes to an end here after four weeks. The Office, it's next, and it's going to be just as much fun, maybe a little bit different in terms of the conversations. 
that we will have, but this is why we want you to subscribe to the Pop 6, and we appreciate I appreciate I Don't take for granted your ears or your attention. I am blessed beyond measure to have you as part of my audience. We are blessed beyond measure to have you as a part of the 104.5 The Zone audience. You can follow the station at 104.5 The Zone. You can follow me at jmartzone. You can email me at jmartclone at gmail.com. I'm sure we missed a lot that you wish that we could have covered. Do that homework assignment if you didn't because it's fun, and unless you have a really smart girlfriend, she might not <laughs> humiliate you. Is there a way to end this friends-related? I mean, we could go, we're going out on the keys. We're not going out on the front door. We're going to get it right. You changed my opinion. Now I can't even enjoy the end of this show because I wish it had ended on the keys. <laughs> Go back and watch it. It might bother you just as much. Well, now it's definitely going to bother me. So just picture keys yes. on a table right now. Six keys, one for every one of them. Indeed. Who won the draft? I think you did. Chicken because the duck. Chicken the duck. Chicken the duck wins it. Chicken the duck wins it for me, as it should be, folks. Appreciate you. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon. This has been the Pop Six for Brad Willis. I'm Jason Martin. If you didn't like Friends. Thanks for listening for the last four weeks. Because I don't know why you would have done that. We'll see you soon.